Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. This is day three without Tom Brenneman here in the studio, and it is Thursday, June 29th, 2023. It is great to be with each and every single one of you. I'm Paul Fritschner filling in. I'll be here today. I'll be here tomorrow. But we got the whole cast of characters, Jacob Elliott, Casey Reed. Everybody is here today. We're going to have Tracy Jones on the show today. We got a lot to talk about between the Reds. We have the first perfect game in 11 years. We have Reed with a historic victory last night in the CABL. Yeah. Taylor Swift merch since 8 p.m. last night. There is a lot going on in the city. There's a lot to talk about. But the first thing that we are going to lead off with, because it's the first thing on everybody's mind, Elliot, how are you feeling today? I'm not going to lie. I'm still in immense pain. But here's the thing about pain. It can be distracted. And it was distracted by Luke Dreamweaver last night. I've, I've tried to tell everybody here. I've tried to tell the whole world. Luke Weaver is going to give up seven runs always. First two innings, you're going to be down five runs. That's how it works with Dreamweaver. I've told Jacob this. I've told Paul this. But, you know, you come in here and it's like Dreamweaver, Dreamweaver is terrible. But we win on Dreamweaver night. Uh, so I'm feeling phenomenal. Elliot, Jacob, Casey, I want you guys to close your eyes. Okay. Reed, you don't have to. You're not a Reds fan. But I want you guys to close your eyes. And I want each and every single one of you watching and listening to close your eyes unless you're in the car. Maybe don't do that unless you're at a red light. <laughs> just close your eyes for just a minute. Trying to take away my worries today. I hate this. And leave Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. Four and a third, four <laughs> runs, and the Reds win again. How about that? They just can't stop winning when this man gets on the bump. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what happens when he wakes up. What happens to this lineup? I don't know. I'll dude, I'll, I'll tell you what's happening. I'm like there's when you're trailing in a game and that and that thirst for a comeback, you're gonna get sparked when Luke you know you need a couple more runs. You need a few more always. There's never a time in that nine-inning stretch where we don't need just a couple more runs. And they know that going into the game. Luke Weaver has a seven ERA. <laughs> a seven. He starts every week. He has a seven ERA. I don't know how they do it. I don't know why they do it. But it's Dream Weaver. And Dream Weaver, I, I was here, I was calling, people were calling, Jacob was calling for his head yesterday. Everybody was calling for his head. Listen, guys. He didn't pitch well. When did I say that he pitched well? It's not about pitching. He provides the spark. He is the spark to the flame. You know, it's... Go ahead. Go ahead, Reed. Well, I was just going to say, it's... You know what Drew, uh, Dreamweaver does? Is he doesn't coddle you. You know, when you have an no. ace on the mound, that coddles the lineup. They're like, all right, we yes. just need to get a couple runs today. Two, three runs. And we win this ball game. No, you don't want that. Cut that out. Dreamweaver keeps you on your toes, man. He's the he's the parent that just constantly criticizes you, so you you need to be better. 
You need to be better. No coddling from Dreamweaver. I mean, it really is incredible when you go back through Dreamweaver's stats here for the season. Every time you look at one of his lines, it just gets better and better. I mean, the, the Reds are 6-0 and in their last six games when Dreamweaver has taken the mound. 6-0. and And he has no wins. In the last no six wins. games. No wins. And he, no wins. He does not have a decision since May 9th. He's 1-2. and two. He does not have a decision since May 9th. He's 1-2 and two on the year. They have won their last six games when he pitches. They have won seven of their last ten when he pitches. And in the games that they lost, the game that they lost, the last game that they lost when he pitched, the Reds lost 2-1. to one. <laughs> That was against St. Louis on May 25th. The game before that, he went four and a third, gave up four runs. Does that sound familiar, fellas? Yeah, it is, because that's exactly what happened last night. Four and a third innings, four runs, two walks, Two strikeouts. His ERA on the season is 6-9-6. And the Reds have not lost since May 25th when he takes the mound. And oh, by the way, that May 25th game was far and away his best start of the year. Yeah, you can't you can't have Dreamweaver be good. Because he went six in the third innings and did not allow a run in that game. <laughs> Listen, guys, if if he's going to pitch well, the offense, they know, like, oh, we don't need to score because Dreamweaver has if they know Dreamweaver doesn't have it, that's when they turn it on. That's when they kick it into the second gear, Paul. The Dreamweaver, the, the, this will go down as one of the more preposterous things of all time. That, maybe if Jabot ends the season with 20 wins. Like, it's, I don't know how this Reds team is pulling off victories at this point. It's just, you ride the magic. You ride, next week, I think he's going to be playing Milwaukee. I'll be in Milwaukee for that. I'm going to put my mortgage, responsibly. On Bedford Sportsbook, I'm going to put my mortgage that my parents pay on Luke Dreamweaver. If you That's wait, a fact. If you wait for him to give up those five first-inning runs, the value is astronomical. I, no, I agree. You know we're coming back. I agree. When we were up, when we were up 4 nothing in the first, I was concerned. Then the, I thought the offense was going to go to sleep. We, we, we had it in the bag. No. Luke Weaver <laughs> fixed that and right away, down 5-4 right after one. I mean, I, this guy is incredible. I, don't, I want him here forever. So I would extend Dreamweaver. Extend? Jacob, would you extend him? I, I would not extend Luke Weaver. Mm. See, this is why we can't have good things, because Dreamweaver, all he does is produce. At the end of the day. And then, well, and, then he's a, and the crazy part is, dude, after he blows up, he has one blow up. And after that, he's a, he's a Cy Young winner. Well, if, it's the if, same if, thing. If, yeah, go ahead. If Luke Weaver didn't have to pitch the first and second inning, he might be a Cy Young candidate. And David Bell, we can do that. Let's just start an opener for Luke Weaver. Yeah, but let him pitch. But that's part of the experience. That's part of the experience. Yeah, it's not. Do you go to Olive Garden and not get the breadsticks and the salad? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's true. It's true. The offense needs to know they need just a couple more. They need. They are. They always need a few more. Luke Weaver's ERA in this six-game win streak with him on the mound is over eleven. You say that like it's a bad thing. It's great. It's just unbelievable. How many runs have we scored? How many runs We're have we scored? We're averaging eight and a half a game. You're you're damn right we are, because it's Dreamweaver. It's a magic. It's a magical run for a magical team. That's all I have to say. I was right, and I'll always be right. The Reds are a half game up in first place in the NL Central right now. The Brewers won last night. The Cardinals, I believe, lost last night. The Cardinals just continue to flounder. They are now nine games back in the Central. And the Reds are halfway through the season now. The Reds have played 81 games. They are 43-38. and 38. 
I don't know what we expected out of the Reds this year, but I'm going to say at the 81 win mark, we expected if the Reds have 43 wins right now, I think everybody would have said 32 wins, 33 wins yep. maybe. That's 11 more wins right now on June 29th. Still, what, 10 games, 9 games before the All-Star break than we would have expected out of this team. Cubs won last night, right? No. Cubs lost last night. I think they got blown just, out. Hey, hey, oh, they did? Best. Let me do my best, Paul. Is this... Is this like a shtick? Like, is oh. this a bit? <laughs> it's not Wednesday. No, that actually wasn't. Shticks Maybe I just remember. Shticks Shticks it is extra sticky on it's, Thursday. Yeah, mm. it's getting sticky. In sticky and picking on Thursday. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Cubs lost eight to four. Cubs lost eight to four. Eight to five. Good, okay. Good try. Yeah, they tried their best. Elsewhere around baseball last night, if you were asleep and missed it, everybody in this room was awake and saw it. But if you were asleep and missed it. Domingo Herman threw the – is it Herman? I think it's Herman. Yeah, yes. Actually, Herman. He's got the accent. Through the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. 27 up, 27 down for the Yankees against the Oakland A's. Casey, run it. Stands in his way. Grounded to third. Donaldson has it. playing first was was it at first looked like it most famous third to first catch ever for anthony rizzo mm. everybody wins a world series not everybody throws a perfect game yeah everyone wins world series everyone wins one is it is it is it riz it is I, yeah I, it looks like riz is, yeah it looks like rizzo is oakland in 2023 the worst possible place to throw a perfect game yep did it is, this is the Perfect tree falling in the forest question. If you throw a perfect game out in Oakland at 12.04 Eastern time, does it even happen? So <laughs> I I picked this up in like the sixth or seventh inning, maybe I when it was uh, 18 up, 18 down. I saw a tweet and picked it up, started watching around the eighth inning. He was just mowing them down, just mowing them down. 27 up, 27 down for Herman. Uh, he... He allowed 10 runs in his last start. People were wondering if he had lost his spot in the rotation. 10 runs in his last start, and he comes back in Oakland and throws a perfect game. Oakland had gone the longest in the major leagues without being no hit. It was July of 1991, I believe. I tweeted it last night. I believe it was 1991. July 13th, 1991. It was the longest streak in the majors. Next up, the Nationals. They have not been no hit since July 18th, 1999, which, oh, by the way, was the last time the Yankees threw a no, uh, perfect game. David Cohn, back in July of 1999. Nationals, obviously, were still the Expos, so we are talking yesterday about what team records the Expos and the Nationals still share. That's one of them. Nationals have gone the longest now in the major leagues without being no hit. Elliot, you texted right after this uh, final out. You texted me and said, we never thought – you never thought you'd see another perfect game because of the way that the analytics and uh, the, the pitcher's arms and guys getting pulled early. And you look at the last few no-hitters, and, I mean, no-hitters have basically become obsolete in, yep. the in the sense of how often they happen or whether it's combined, whatever it is. 
no hitters have very much lost their luster. But you kind of felt like maybe it's been 11 years since Felix threw one in 2012. Maybe we weren't going to see one for a long time. I don't want to say ever, but it kind of felt like this streak was going to continue. Yeah, I, I think the you know the Rays pitching model of pulling guys early. If you remember the World Series game where um, what's his name got pulled, Snell, Blake uh, Snell. When Blake Snell got pulled, you you start to see this, and it's like the pitch count, the pitch count, the pitch count. Every every Reds fan on earth gets mad when when Bell pulls a guy for I don't know ninety pitches. But the fact of the matter is, every team's doing that. I I I never would have thought that a perfect game. I mean, I obviously there there are very few exceptions, and it's a very rare thing to do. But I truly, I truly thought we had seen our last one with the way this game's going. I think you look at guys like Alec Manoa struggling heavily with the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock comes into, in, into play when you're a pitcher. I, I, I just think the way the game has evolved, the, ga- the game has changed, There's, I, I, I would have bet against there being another perfect game. Now, what I didn't factor in was that the athletics don't avidly don't try to win games. And then uh, Yerman is also a cheater, respectfully. He been, he I don't think that he – no, I don't think – you don't even have to throw the caveat in there. But okay, but like like, like he's been suspended twice this season. This season, yeah. He's been suspended twice for cheating. Twice. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that well, – will we see another one after this? Yeah, I guess we will. But Clayton Kershaw had a no-hitter, I think, early last season through seven. He got pulled. And, and he got pulled because it was too early in the season for him to go a full game. And it's like that's the kind of mindset that's like – this this stuff isn't going to happen anymore. It's just the the way the way baseball, the way analytics run the sport. It's just not going to happen. We had a combined no hitter in the World Series this year. You used to never yep. see that. If a guy threw no hits, he was staying in the game. Correct. One hundred and twenty pitches, one hundred thirty pitches doesn't matter. Didn't you don't. Matter. Right. You won't see that ever again. If you want to talk about how badly of a hitting era, you know, directly after the steroid era was. There's been, what, 24 perfect games in the, the history of Major League Baseball? Six of them happened in a three-year stretch from 2009 to 2012. So it's just like an anomaly. One-fourth of the, the perfect games in Major League history happened in a three-year stretch, which is kind of crazy. And you remember back when Matt Cain and, and uh, Phil Umber, Dallas Braden, um, Felix, obviously, all these guys just back-to-back-to-back-to-back, and you're thinking, uh-oh, has the perfect game aged out? Has yep. the perfect game lost its luster? Now it's been eleven years. Eleven years since the last one. The, yeah. th- the three fewest attended perfect games have all happened in Oakland. <laughs> Catfish Hunter, Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden's mind. was on Mother's Day, wasn't it? Correct. I think so. Then he tried to fight A Rod his next start. <laughs> Got a real big head really quickly. <laughs> so did A Rod for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. That was good. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I just I, I, the way the game has changed, I, I would have never I would have never guessed this. I mean, you're not going to see pitchers throw 110 pitches really anymore. Uh, a couple of them will. A couple of the old school baseball managers will let it will still let it happen no matter what. But I would say it's 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 getting to a point where this will not happen any longer. I bet in 10 years again, unless it's an all contact pitcher where you're not striking out anybody and it's just all ground balls, fly balls, stuff like that. You're not going to see this anymore. Domingo threw 99 pitches. Like yeah. the, there was no even question about length here. Like yep. You have to get, have a guy that's on his game and not striking out a ton of batters, which is a rare, you know, pairing. Mm. Sounds like Luke Weaver to me. Yeah. Well, Jacob just t- Jacob just told me. I, I mean, what if Luke Weaver throws a perfect game? I think there's a serious chance. 
Well, then the Herman's Red- start before this was 3.1 innings, 10 runs. That's a Luke Weaver. Start. That's a Luke Weaver game, and I bet the Yankees lost because they don't have the magic of Dream Weaver. Dream Weaver can go out there and throw a perfect game. You'll find great value on that. How long do we seriously think that Dream Weaver stays in this rotation? Because I, I, I'm a little worried. The rest of the year. Well, they don't have bodies. And that's, I know. And that's the concern now where you, if you get rid of him, not, I mean, the, the, people know this. They're winning on the, on the games he starts. So it's like if you, if you factor that in with that the Reds just have no warm bodies to be a starting pitcher right now, he's going to be here the rest of the season. Alec Mills was about to pitch in extra innings last night. Yep. Well, Luke Weaver's going to keep starting for this yep. game. We're going to stay out west. Uh, the Dodgers won a big one last night, Casey. Casey. You, got that, you got that YouTube clip up there? Uh, not yet. All right, give him a second. Okay. We have, we have some highlights from the Dodgers game last night. Not west, run. just a little south of here. Just about it's a mile south. Uh, it, is fairly, it is actually west of here, too. Yeah. Geographically. Um, we got, as I was saying, plenty to talk about today with the Reds. And also, uh, Tracy Jones will be joining us 1130. 11.30 today, and uh, we're going to get in. I'm sure we're going to talk Taylor Swift because they've been lining up. We, we have some video Which one do you want? from the Taylor yeah, Swift merch line. Yes. <laughs> one picture from local news that just – local news is just the best of the best. I mean, there, is, there truly is nothing better than man-on-the-street local news interviews. There is one from today, this morning, that is just laugh-out-loud funny. But we're going to get to that later. Here's uh, highlights from the Dodgers game last All night. All right, let me give you guys a little lead-in here. Dodgers go down to the bottom of the seventh, down three runs against the Suds, who are at the top of the cable standings. Um, we got our leadoff double from Steven Salisbury. He's a Rookie of the Year candidate. He's playing great. Gets on base at a high clip nearly 60% of the time. So remember, down three, we got former draft choice Malcolm Diaz from Puerto Rico up. Yabo at Foundation Field, big Man, dog. He's fired up. Look at Hell that. Yeah, he is. He is fired up. Heck yeah. All right, you can zoom along a little. You can press the side arrow, maybe. Maybe maybe just a, a hair. Yeah, all right. There we go. Down a run. Get the squad going. Eric Licklider do up. Two home runs. Leading lead the league in RBIs comes up. They intentionally walk him. To, he's the tying Yeah, we run. don't want anything to do with him. Tying run. I don't get that one. Oh, man, you just zoomed Uh-oh. my Uh-oh. Wait, wait. Just, you got to go back. Just, Here's Reed Mouse. Just skipped my hit. Uh-oh. Right here. Just a, just a nice little piece up the middle. That's so, good, solid hitting, Reed. Down, right down a run. We got Brad Clark with his entire family at the game. All of his kids there. Pieces one off the bottom of the fence. Had to hold put because there's nobody Look at that third out. base coach just jumping. I Get mean, home. I'm rounding third, heading for a home for the game-winning run. Pete Rosen it into home plate. Look at the catcher just get so mad. Game winner. Look at the Dodgers. 21 season oh. coming soon. Look at the spike by the catcher. I love that. Congratulations to your Dodgers. Thank so you. I guess for people that don't don't know, we're seeing a lot of questions in the chat here. Reed is uh, the most valuable player of the Cincinnati <laughs> Adult Baseball League. He plays for the, as they say, Cable Dodgers. The Dodgers coming for the uh, coming for the title this year. Or how are the playoff prospects looking, Reed? We don't have the pitching to win to win it all. So they do they do two tiers of playoffs. If you fit in the top tier, you go for the championship. Then you got a, the secondary tier. We had we'd have a chance if we got if we played bad enough to be in the second tier, but we'll probably be like the worst team in the top tier. So we got the Yankees next week. That's a big one. It's a big one. That's a big one out at Sycamore High School. See you guys there, six thirty next Wednesday. I'm on the bump. 
Uh, Thank you for indulging me, Paul. I, absolutely, Reed. The people need to know uh, about the CABL. Also, what are we doing about our, our uh, the Metro softball team? Yeah, let's get a team. Let's talk about the Metro. It's $377 to enter the Metro. I know Everett Henry's already in. But let's get a team together. Let's get in the E-League. That's the worst league they have. That's what we need. And let's try to win a game. That is the bar I'm setting. A game. I don't think we can do it, but I, I, I'm gonna. That's the bar we gotta. We gotta. Pass. I let's I have been out. I have been hearing about the Metro, so I had never heard of the Metro before joining Chatterbox Sports, and I've been hearing about it because I joined Chatterbox. I think as it was going on last year. I think it was just finishing up last year, um, and uh, biggest softball tournament in the country. Not the country. I wouldn't say it's a country, but it is absolutely. So there's like 14 divisions. Each division has like 40 teams in it. So, I mean, it is absolutely a two-week tournament that goes from noon until like 2 in the morning every single day. Uh, athleticism, Elliot, with the back. How are you feeling about potentially joining this team? Bad. Poor. I would have to be, I would have to be first base. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to need a pinch first baseman. There's going to need somebody to – I can field the ball – and then I'm going to have to need somebody to run to first. So we'll have two people by me. But it's I would do it. I offer no power, no stamina. I offer nothing. I would be, a, I would be the moral leader of this team. That would be the my – The blue guy. That would the be, blue guy. You and Jonathan India. Team, mm, that would be the team. <laughs> great defensive effort last night by India. The, the umpire was trying to screw him over, but he got the call. Um, no, yeah, I would, I would participate. I would not be very good. My at-bats would surely go viral for how poor I am, but well, yeah, I'm, I'd play. Well, I'm, I'm scared for you playing, Elliot, because in the E-League, you would go, I don't know, two for five every game because yeah. you're only allowed two home runs a game. The oh. whole team is. So your okay. first two at-bats are home runs, and then you just get an automatic out because you're, you're hitting five home runs in the game. That's okay. All right. Okay. That makes me feel better. So my home runs won't count. That's good. Yeah. AJ Worst is calling you Ham Porter. Ham Porter? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think uh, I, I, I could – listen, listen. What's, who's the guy from Benchwarmers? The, uh, um, Rob Schneider? No, <laughs> no, no. Who's the kid from Benchwarmers that says you're still fat? <laughs> who's that kid? Oh, I, that, I would we know that, who you're talking about. I'd be that catcher. Anyway, no, I, I, think, I, I think I'd participate, but I wouldn't be very good. Jacob? Jacob would be our guy. Alabama, frat, this guy lives for this. I think I can man one of the corners of the infield. Reed's the third baseman, so I'll take first. Cold corner. I think we can get it done. We can get <laughs> Everett Henry says, 100% honesty, my previous Twitter account was dedicated to making fun of the Metro. If you guys have, you guys obviously have no idea what the Metro is, it is, it is a different world. <laughs> it is so, so unique in that guys take it so, so seriously. I mean, we're talking, they bring a speaker to play walk-up songs for it. They, they all show up. I mean, it is, it is very intense for guys that like us that are just going to be goofing around. And they will get so mad if us goofballs so I get a walk win up, a game. I get a walk-up song? Say, if we bring our own speaker, sure. Oh, we, question, I'd troll. What would your walk-up song be? I don't know. But that would be I, – I don't know. I don't know. I would have to think for hours on that. Maybe, maybe it would be um, – maybe Baby Shark. I would come out to Baby Shark. You would. What was his name? Gerard Parra. I do. I do. Baby Shark. Jacob. I don't know. For for the Metro, you got to do something funny. All my actual walk-up songs for if I was in the MLB are 
in my back pocket I'm not going to use for this. Yeah. Baby Sharks are good. This is your only chance. No. Baby yeah, I think are, you No, would. wait a minute. No, he's trying to get into the MLB, guys. What are you, what are you Right. What are you I still doing? have faith. I'm not shutting that door. Yeah, no. I'm not I, shutting that I, door. I agree with him. I mean, if I show out at the Metro. 13 years, I'll be on the tour. You guys know this, so go ahead. I mean, yeah, you're going to be top five in the Olympics. Th that's right. What is your MLB song? Look Alive by Future mm -hmm. would be my walk All right. Chad Waite says, Casey is definitely right fielder. Just got the look. Casey. Casey's going to catch. Um, with all love and respect, you are the catcher. You will, you will be behind the dish. The ball goes to the fence. You just make sure it gets back out to the pitcher. Sure thing. <laughs> What's your walk-up song, Casey? I'll go Taylor Swift. Why not? It's on brand. Uh, Amish Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Heaven, Heaven and Hell by Kanye West from the Donda album starting at 109. That's your guy, Reed. I do love Kanye. I mean, he's the best artist that we've ever seen. That's your guy. Casey, speaking of Taylor Swift, we're going to do this now. Do you have that DM, uh, the screenshot that I sent you from Local 12? Yeah, I just got to pull it up real quick. Okay. Uh, as I was saying before, if, if, for those of you who maybe don't watch the local, local news, you're missing out on just entertainment. You're missing out on this. This lady right here, not the newscaster, whoever she's interviewing, called out sick to work and showed up to the interview like this that's awesome this is this, this is outstanding that's awesome this is outstanding imagine you're this person's boss and you turn this on you can't be mad because you obviously recognize their voice you can't be mad no there's no chance you can look at this and think oh that person should have been at work today unbelievable what are the chances Infowars time what are the chances that's all that's all that's all a bit Oh no! That's all it's a bit high. Oh, no, I was high thinking chance. the same thing. What if it's no. someone that works at local twelve? Yeah, I was they called say, off from local twelve, and I don't even think. I think like, what if they just were played it up? They just said what? they pulled somebody from local twelve and said, "Hey, we're gonna." I mean, do this skit. There's and a high. It's gonna. It's gonna go viral. I hope it's not a shtick because people who do shticks, those those people stink. It Life is, is so sticky. much better if you just believe the yeah. funny things yeah. you see on the internet. Just believe them. They're Black, funny. Blackmore says that's Tom. <laughs> uh, CJ asks, I'm just waiting for Paul to call me up to the big leagues uh, in the Xavier League. Yeah, we have a huge one tonight. Huge big one. one. Team, team that knocked us out of the postseason last year. Oh, Big, oh, wow. big game tonight. I've heard they've lost somebody because I think they've gotten mercy ruled in every game this year. They beat us last year. Our run differential this year I think is like plus 50. I feel bad. Because half the league Some is dogs. like half the league is <laughs> half the league is like professor teams yeah. that are just there to have a good time. Yeah. And even when you go and you swing and you're just taking a single, you still you're still scoring like 18 runs. I mean, in your league, you said that if you hit a home run, you have to go into the woods and get it. Yeah. So there's no <laughs> there's no there's no fence in our league. So if you hit a ball to right field, there's a tree line in right field. If you hit it into the woods on the fly, it's a home run. If it rolls into the woods, it's a double. But the problem is that the fence, the, the tree line goes all the way across to the other field because there's a, a field diagonal from us. So you could hit the ball to the other field and have it roll in the woods. We've had people on third base get called back to go to second base because of a double and they could have walked <laughs> backwards home and it's got to be a double. Big one tonight, though, in softball. There we go. As you can tell from uh, our June 29th sports conversation. It is June 29th. It is June 29th in the sports world. It is June 29th. But, hey, 
Reds have an off day. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, before we segue back into real sports talk, Yeah. C.J. Eflers, he's our pitcher. We got an arm. We got an arm for the Chatterbox Metro team. Oh, That's really? Time. He said he'd pitch. said he's That's done it before. Time. We just need strikes. No walks. Luke Weaver will be free in a month or two. <laughs> Get him on the team. <laughs> Dream Weaver, we wouldn't lose. I know that he going in. He would still allow five runs. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. But it would be fun. Elliot, Jacob, Casey, do you guys have gloves? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a catcher's mitt, no. You don't need a mitt. You don't need a mitt. Oh, you're not Casey actually needs a catching. Mat. You are – but I'm telling you – You're wearing the gear and everything. Your back is up against the fence. You're just talking with the umpire. The ball comes in. You go fetch it and throw it back. Now, what if a foul ball goes back towards Casey? Because they don't wear gear, right? Oh, they, don't, Casey's, they don't stand Casey's behind the batter. Oh, they don't? I mean, sometimes they put their glove out there to kind of – Oh, you mean, wait, wait, wait. You mean they're just off to the side? Yeah. yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, what? So the, Have you guys wait, ever wait. played slow pitch softball? So you don't, no. you don't yeah, what are you talking about? Why would they behind catcher and he just stands back there. He just stands there to get the ball back there's to the no, pitcher. There's no defense. So he just, he just has to go over and pick up the ball? Yeah, like a toddler? He's not even to supposed pitcher. to catch it because the ball's got to land, and that's how they know if it's a ball or a strike. Yeah. Right. You, sta- you stand out of the way to, to avoid everything. I mean, despite that being a Paul, you play slow pitch softball. Yeah, all of our catchers stand behind the plate. Why? You literally can't catch the ball. Right, you're not allowed to catch the ball. You got to let it fall. You got to let it land. So well, you can call it if it's a ball or strike. Not, despite that being a grave misuse of my talents, I will sacrifice for this team and be the guy I need to be and just throw the ball back. That's 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 fine. I'll be the best damn hitter on the team. You might have a play at the plate, which we would need from you. I mean, if there's a play oh, at the plate, I, I got you. I got your Buster Posey. Got to catch him and throw slap a tag down. No yeah. concussions. Uh, all right, Reds last night. Let's get back to the Reds. Reds last night win it. segue. Yeah, Reds. <laughs> Reds last night win eleven to seven. Um, yet another spectacular offensive performance from our Cincinnati Reds. Eleven runs on sixteen hits last night. Um, the only I'm trying to go back and see here. So uh, <coughs> Jonathan India didn't have a hit. Joey Votto did not have a hit. Joey Votto was zero for six last night. Um, just making sure I get everybody in. Elsewhere, though, uh, TJ Friedel, three hits. Ellie De La Cruz, two hits. Jake Fraley, two hits. Tyler Stevenson, two hits. Nice to see Ty Steve kind of get a little mojo yeah, back under his back. Yeah, especially playing catcher. He had yeah. under 200 playing yeah. catcher. It was great to see. Yeah. Two for four last night for Stevenson. He was pinch hit. Uh, or, sorry, pinch run for by Newman. And then Will Benson in the bottom of the lineup, three for five. Did he have a home run or was it a double? It was a double. Double. Triple. triple. Triple, triple, triple. Ended up at third. Yeah, yeah. Triple. Uh, but all the way through the lineup again for the Reds, 16 hits. 11 runs, 16 hits, and no errors from the Reds. Baltimore, 7 runs, 10 hits, 2 errors. Uh, Alexis Diaz comes out, gets the win. 1.80 ERA for Alexis Diaz. And again, he just I mean, continued, like we were talking about yesterday. When is it time to talk about Alexis Diaz? Because it's almost like we're taking everything for granted just because of how well he pitches. He comes out. He just gets it done. He keeps it moving. And the Reds win. You get four runs underneath your belt, and then you go to the bullpen and close it out there in the 10th inning. Best reliever in the National League. If you would have told me, I think Paul alluded to this. David Bednard? Oh, what was that? David Bednard? David Bednard. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Any more, Reed? Thoughts? No. Okay, I'll continue. Uh, so, <laughs> Jonathan India on opening day. 
TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, Tyler Stevenson, Jason Vossler, Will Myers, Spencer Steer, Will Benson, Jose Barrero. That was our opening day roster, our opening day lineup versus the Pirates. If you would have told me that lineup was going to be producing like it is right now, I would have called you crazy. It's not. Well, Jason Vossler's not here. Jose Barrero's not here. But TJ Friedel, I, I predicted him to be a fifth outfielder. That's fair. That's fair. TJ Friedel, fifth outfielder. You know, Spencer Steer, I didn't see him being this good. Did you? No, not at all. I mean, I, this is crazy what's happening. Absolutely crazy. I, I, there's no way to predict it. Vegas has us at 64 wins. 64. And it seems sustainable. Yeah. It seems very sustainable, which is the thing when you get in, into these long baseball seasons. And obviously, as everybody that's watching this knows, you go through slumps. You have peaks. You have valleys. But with the way the, the, way the Reds are going right now, it's to me, seems sustainable because they are doing this against the best of the best. You look at the Orioles. They're not in first place because the Rays are in first place. But the Orioles are one of the better teams in the league this year. The Atlanta Braves are the best team in the league this year. And the Reds just went 3-3 three and three against them in six games. And you throw out one weird rain game where you had a delay and it looked like they were dead coming off a plane after their energy was just completely taken from them after yeah. three huge games over the weekend against Atlanta. And then they got to go fly to Baltimore, suffer through a rain delay, and then just completely pee down their leg. Come out and win the next two games, including one in extra innings where you get 16 hits after your starter. No bad things to say. Respectfully. You can throw a respectfully in there. Respectfully allowed however many runs as he did last night. Four runs. So the Reds here are doing this against competition that makes you think that this is going to be a sustainable effort from this team. Over the next two months. We're five games over 500, and that record seems like it's worse than it should be. We started 7-15. and 15. Elliot just read the opening day lineup. That lineup's not who we're walking out there anymore. Like, this team is, is better than five games over 500, which is crazy to say. Yeah, and I think, I, if you remember the early on games, we, we blew a ton of leads early. Yeah. I think, I think even Diaz blew a game against the Cardinals early on. It's like, the way... It, it, from the first month of the season to now, it's not even remotely similar. The the team we have feel the team we are fielding right now. So I, I I'm I, I think it is sustainable. The offense is going to continue to hit, going to continue to rake. The pitching is bad. The starting pitching is going to be a problem at some point this season. I I still believe the bullpen is going to be an issue at some point this season. Ian Jabot is not good. You know, Fernando Cruz is very – I mean, he might be the worst pitcher of all time. He might be. We're, we're bringing up guys from AAA who shouldn't be on a AAA roster. Then immediately get DFA. And then get – and then just get cut right away. Come pitch three innings, get your head taken off, and then we'll throw you in a dumpster. That's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. So, I, I don't know – I don't know how, how that goes moving forward. I, the question is if they're going to make a trade at the, at, at the deadline, and I don't know. Fernando Cruz is getting dangerously close to Will Benson territory. He was so bad his first stint up here. In his last seven games, he's pitched nine innings and allowed zero runs. Yeah. He's had a pretty good stretch here lately in, in relatively high leverage situations. But you don't, you don't trust – you don't trust him. No, I'm not saying you trust And that's him, my point. Like you, like, you don't trust when Ian Jabot waddles out correct. to the mound. You, you don't trust him. Leader. Nationally wins leader Ian Jabot. Ian Jabot. The, the pride of Great Britain. No, but I think I, I just think there is there is some serious issues 
that I don't know that can be fixed at the deadline. I think we, we will get a starter at some point. I don't know for what or for who. But other than that, I don't know, I don't know if this team has long-term success this season in making a deep run at the postseason. They could. They could because the offense is there. The offense is sustainable, like Paul said, but the rest of the team, I don't know. And you look at how this, this season is shaping up, and we look, we're not going to beat a dead horse. We've talked enough on this program over the last two weeks about the NL Central. Everybody knows what the NL Central is. We know what we're getting out of this division. We know that the Brewers and the Cubs and the Reds and the Pirates and the Cardinals are, are just middling teams that are going to potentially make a run here or there. But look, the Reds have six games coming up against the Milwaukee Brewers. You look at the next two weeks of the Reds' schedule. You look at the first week of July, second week of July, you're talking about teams that, you know, the, the Padres are good. The Padres are good, but the Padres are also beatable. Yep. I don't think that anybody is going to sit here and say that the Padres are the Atlanta Braves or the, or the Baltimore Orioles. They just lost a series to the Pirates. Yeah. They've been blown out. Then you have four games against the Nationals before three games against the Brewers. Last off day today before the All-Star break. So you got to get through today. And then it's clear through to the All-Star break. Three games against the Padres, four against the Nationals, three against the Brewers. Ten games left to the All-Star break. The Reds have played 81 right now. They are a half game up. What? 13 games. I mean, oh, no, 10. You're right. You're 10, right. 10, You're 10. Right. I was counting yeah. both. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10. I, I was, if I, That's on me. Three plus four plus That's on me. three. If we weren't getting a 10 there, then I was just going to walk off the set. I was, was going to walk off series. the set. You just got to you just got to outplay the other guys and we have a resident Cubs fan in Reed. Reed, do you think the Cubs will go all in at the deadline? With this I don't division? think they'll go all in. It really just depends. The, the Cubs are kind of in a limbo. I mean, if if they have what happened a couple of years ago where they have just a terrible July, then there's no reason to go all in and then they can get rid of Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman and any other pieces that that won't be on the team next year. But I think there's a very real possibility where if they keep playing like they have been playing, that they will add at the deadline because they've still got a bunch of young talent. They've got money to blow. So if you're in an opportunity to win the division, why not go after it? Yep. Paul, what do you want the Reds to do in these last 10 games? What's the record where you feel real good about the Reds making the playoffs at the All-Star break? So I was thinking about that. My gut answer was 6-4. and four. My gut answer was 6-4, and four, but looking at – who they're playing uh, just thinking in like a 10 game stretch right. like it would be nice yeah. to go six and okay. four into the all-star break but then when you actually look at who they're playing playing the nationals and the padres you get two against the padres you get three against the nationals that's five can you get two against the brewers and go seven and three i want to win all three series i think winning that brewer series is crucial i mean because if you lose all three of those games to the brewers there's a realistic chance not realistic, 99% chance that you're not in first place, the All-Star break. I mean, you can't lose yeah. three games to the team that's right behind you. I mean, you like to say we're going to beat Washington. See, San Diego's obviously playing pretty bad. I think 7-3 and three is almost the, the floor of what I want out of these 10 games. Yeah, the Padres, just so everybody knows, coming into this series, what's going on with the Padres, they have lost their last four games in a row. They have lost seven of their last nine games. Of their last four games, two of those losses were to Pittsburgh. Two of them were on the heels of losses to the Nationals. They had beat Washington. They won their series finale against San Francisco. But then before that, it was three straight losses to the Giants, two of those on walk-offs. 
Padres, nobody's going to sit here and argue that the Padres are playing very good baseball right now. Those two wins, one uh, Blake Snell, the other Joe Musgrove. Otherwise, they're just not playing very well right now. You Darvish, he was uh, he was he he took the loss in that in that game against San Francisco. So, you Darvish right now on the season five and six with a four eight four ERA and fourteen starts. With the names the Padres have in their lineup, you, you do just have to worry about them in the back of your head at Great American. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot for guys to find that power at Great American. And, you know, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, they could wake up and, you know, have a pretty big series. Reed asked me, I th- or Reed asked us, uh, I think it was either Monday or last week, what our goal record would be in this stretch. My answer was 5-8. and eight. And I still stand by that. We're already, we're already two wins in. And I think we take three from Washington. I do think we take two from the San Diego. Five and eight? Five and eight with 13 left. Including so he, the Baltimore series. He, including the Baltimore yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, So that was what I thought because I wanted to be over 500 at the, oh, at, at, at the All-Star break. And that was my goal. Right now we're already on pace to crush that. So I'm, I'm very pleased with what's happening. If the Reds go in... It's really hard, and I, I always try to do this, where I, I don't overreact, whether it's in it's in football. It's obviously different in the NFL or in, in, in you know a, a sport like that where you're playing many fewer regular season games, but much fewer regular season games. But in a sport like baseball or college basketball and any, any of these sports, you know, you try not to overreact or get too caught up in – one series because a lot of times you might say going into a series oh this is the most important series of the season or these this is the most important five game stretch of the season and then the middle of September rolls around and you look back at your tweets and you say to yourself what was I thinking that series wasn't all that important in retrospect wasn't all that important you know you do it in college basketball where you say to yourself oh these two games in December this might be the biggest stretch of the season and then you look back in the end of February, you know, or you look at UConn this year, played horribly in the month of January, bookended by those losses to Xavier. Otherwise, they were the best team in the country. And one of the most historic runs to a national championship of all time. They just threw that out. Had one bad month of the season. I say that to mean this six-game stretch upcoming against the Brewers, in a normal year, I would say, ah, I don't know. Maybe just Take it for what it is. The Reds go 3-3 three and three in that stretch, so be it. But the reason I think that the six games against the Brewers are as important as they are is because not only does it set you up for the rest of the season where you're not playing the teams from the Central as much as you used to because you're playing everybody now, which I do, I love that. I love that you're playing... I think Tom made the point. Probably doesn't help the Reds as much this year. No. This, this is probably the year where you would have wanted to play the Central more because everybody's not as good. But in a season like this where you have to play the entire league, these six games against the Brewers, and as Tom pointed out, you can set your rotation up however you want, where you have the three games going in, those guys get a rest, you can have the top three guys coming out, whatever that top three looks like for the Reds right now. It's a very important six-game stretch because if the Reds go 5-1, and one, say, in those six games, that alters, in my mind, what they could do in the next two weeks at the trade deadline. Oh, I agree. They're not going to mortgage their future on this season. Nick Crawls made that very clear 
You look at teams in the past, like the Orioles last year, they're not going to mortgage their future. You listen to Chatterbox Reds, Trace and Nick have beaten that point into the ground. They're not going to go out here and sell off a bunch of guys or or go for the gold this year just because they're a half game up or a game behind in a awful NL Central. But these six games against the Brewers are not only important because they don't play the Brewers much after that, but also because it tells you where you're sitting in the division and what you can potentially do two weeks later at the trade deadline when, as Reed said yesterday, you're, everybody's playing a game of chicken trying to figure out, are we going to sell guys off? Are we going to go for it? Because any one of these teams could go for it. Now, I don't really know what going for it looks like when you're a team in the NL Central right now. Does that mean you're going to win the World Series? If you're going for it, does that just mean you're trying to win the division and then you're going to get swept in the first round of the playoffs? Is that going for it? Or is going for it trying to win a World Series? Because as we've talked about a million times, you get in, you give yourself a chance to win. I don't know what going for it looks like in the NL Central this year. But at the end of the day, somebody has to win the division. Somebody has to raise a banner on opening day next year that says NL Central Champions 2023. That'll fly somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know what stadium it'll fly in, but it'll fly somewhere. And these six games against the Brewers, the three into the All-Star break and the three coming out of it, are going to tell you a whole lot about the rest of the season. Is it the most important six-game stretch of the season? Maybe only if you go 0-6 or 6-0. and But if you at least hold your ground and you go 3-3 three and three and you're two games up, I don't even think in my mind that the Reds go for it if they're a game or two up. I think if you sweep the Brewers both times, you're six and in a perfect world. You go six and zero against the Brewers, who, by the way, have had your number for years. for years in these situations when it matters for the Reds to beat the Brewers. The Brewers have had your number. Can the Reds go out there and make a move in this? And I mean, on the field move. I don't mean a trade move. Can they make a standings move? by asserting themselves against the Brewers because they had a chance to do that in late May, early June, whenever the Brewers were here in Cincinnati. And they only won one game. Four-game series, they won one game. Now, from there, the Reds have played pretty well. You could say that was maybe the last series that the Reds haven't really played well in, unless I'm forgetting one. Oh. I think that was the last series that the Reds really didn't play well in. So now, you're going into the All-Star break with a chance to potentially be up two, three games. But at what point do you say to yourself, okay, we're up enough after the month of July to go for it? And even if you just say you're going for it, does that just mean you roll with the guys you got? You hope Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green come back, pitch well enough for you, and if you win the division, great. But if not, you're set up for next year. That's the kind of thing you got to think about right now when you have all these guys to try and make happy, figure out what you're going to do with them, who you're going to trade, who you're not going to trade, who you're going to roll with going into September. Those six games against the Brewers are going to tell you a lot. They're not the most important six games of the season, but they're up there. On the priority list, they're up there. So how do you handle it? What do you do? If you go, what, seven and three into the, into the all-star break, 
and two of those wins are against the Brewers, you're feeling pretty good. Yep. You're feeling pretty damn good. I, I think, and again, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but the Reds, it seems to me that they have, like, tailed off towards the back half of the season. They've just kind of fallen apart. I, I think our, our, our worst months are either April or August because August we just get killed, and then September has never mattered in Cincinnati, respectfully. It's just, not, it's just a month that the Reds just choke in. It doesn't matter. Um, our August schedule, the schedule after the Brewers, so after this All-Star break and we get to August, August is a juggernaut. You, I mean, we're talking Blue Jays. We're talking Marlins, uh, Angels, Diamondbacks, Giants. We play the Dodgers again still. I, I, I think I think going all in is you have to be so confident that you are going to beat the best of the best. And, and I think Reed touched on this last week, but it's like there's a lot of teams there with uh, with above 500 records, and you're gonna have to prove you're gonna have to prove yourself. You're gonna have to prove yourself. So are you gonna go all in to prove yourself? I don't know. I don't know. To me, I I, I think if you can if you, if they can stay the course. If they can, if they can go four and two against the Brewers, like Paul said, if we can get a commanding lead, so in August we can kind of, you know, play 500, maybe a little bit below 500, uh, we'll be in a good spot to win this division. But I do think that there is a risk with a very hard part of the schedule coming up next. Yeah, I mean, with these 10 games, two of these 10 games are still TBD starters, and we just send Levi Stout back down to AAA, which means we can't use him again. So yep. I genuinely don't even know who we're gonna pitch. For two of those games. And on the flip side, Elliot, to your point about uh, the Reds in August, here's the Brewers August. Washington. Pittsburgh. Yep. Colorado. Yep. The White Sox. Yep. L.A., the Dodgers, and the Rangers. Minnesota. <laughs> San Diego. The Cubs. Yeah, that's an easy – I mean, that's it's a cakewalk month for a team that – isn't completely dead, so you got to take you got to you got to take care of business when it's nut cutting time. I think our September is also easy, so if we can just get to September, that would be great. We play the Cardinals a couple times, which scares me a little bit, but we you know we got Tigers, the Mets, who don't have a soul, the Twins, Pirates a couple times. So it's like uh, I I think get to September above 500, and I think the Reds win this division. I do. The Reds do not play the Brewers again. After July 26th, those are the last three games against the Brewers. The Reds go up to Milwaukee for uh, the 24th, 25th, and 26th of July, and that's it. So they have six games against the Brewers uh, between, you know, bookending the All-Star break. Then the Brewers go to Philadelphia. They come back against Atlanta. They play Cincinnati. That's it. So when you talk about how important a series is in the grand scheme of a season, yes, you try to take every game one day at a time. Yes, you try to understand that if you take a 30,000-foot picture of this season, that every game from opening day to the final game of the year matters the same. They all matter the same. But the games against the division, they matter a little more. Yep. And there's only nine chances left for the Reds to assert themselves in this division. And to a certain extent, it's not for nothing if the Reds do it convincingly. A win is a win. Beating the Brewers 10-1 to three days in a row, it's still just three wins. 
But if you go in there and you go four and two against the Brewers, you pick up two games in the standings, and you do it by winning each game by four or five runs, it kind of makes a statement. Yeah, it does. And I, I was going to ask you about this because we talked about sustainability earlier. How sustainable is it for the Reds to come back in every single win? Every single win, the Reds are coming back. At some point, that is going to come back to bite them. I think you make a really, really good point, Elliot, because a lot of times in sports, whether it's you know the Bengals, the Reds, I'm using teams that we, we root for here, any team, it doesn't matter, whatever team you root for, when you get to the end of the season and when your team plays the final game, a lot of times what you can do is you can look back and you can say, oh, this team – they had issues here. Like you look at, at Xavier from this year. They get blown out by Texas in the Sweet 16. They were basically playing six guys. Yep. How how sustainable? Now college basketball, it's a little. You know, I don't. I won't get all the way down into that. But you can win in the NCAA tournament with six guys. Villanova won two national championships playing six guys. But that wasn't really Xavier's style going into the year when you're mm-hmm. missing your your leading rebounder and, and, and your leading scorer, second leading rebounder and your leading scorer. My point is that you can look back on a season and see where your team had holes and think, oh, it was fun. It was a great ride. But maybe if I had just opened my eyes a little bit, yeah, I would have seen that there were these gaping holes in what we are trying to do here. And that maybe things weren't sustainable for the entire year. And that's your point, Elliot, where you say, we don't really have any starting pitching. Because they're hurt. We keep finding ourselves behind. And to their credit, they keep winning games. But you can't do that all year. Or at least we don't think they can do it all year. The bullpen is good, but not great. Decent, serviceable. But they need a five-run lead to feel good about it. But even the bullpen depth right now, it, the Reds pitching right now, it's an empty gas. It's a car with an empty gas tank, and and right now we're going downhill, and that's great. You don't need gas when you're going downhill. We're still going 60 miles an hour downhill, but eventually that hill is going to shift, and you have to go right back up with no gas left in the tank. I, and I don't know what there is to fix. We've exhausted the AAA pitching staff. We're now going into AA pitching staff. At some point, we might have to go to the single-A pitching staff, and that's, and that's, and, and that's going to be an issue. So unless at the deadline you firmly believe this team is going to make a run in the postseason, I, I don't know what trading a, a prospect would do for a short-term, a, short, a short-term problem. I think a lot of the answer here is going to come from answers that we don't know or won't know until maybe the season is over. And I, I say that in talking about the starting pitching. We're not going to know – right away where Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo stand. Yeah. But if a week before the deadline, the Reds are a game and a half up and the lineup is still producing at the level that it's producing right now, and Nick Crawl knows that Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are both two weeks away, maybe August 8th, somewhere in there, that they're both coming back. Graham Ashcraft maybe gets it together a little bit. Then you have Dreamweaver there at the back end. Yeah, baby. Brandon Williamson kind of figures it out. Then you say to yourself, okay, now what? We're going to get our guys back. And we're going to look like the best possible version 
of what the 2023 Reds can look like at that point. Because the Reds will have the lineup that they have curated now, plus potentially anybody that they call up. It doesn't sound like they're interested in calling up CES right now, and he's not even playing all that well at AAA. So you're not going to rush him up. Joey Votto starts really hitting sustainably. I mean, you know, he comes out, hits three home runs in his first couple of games. I'm not going to say he's playing the best in the last couple of days, but it's also he's only been here, what, a week? Yep. We're not going to read into anything Joey Votto's doing until he's been here, at least through the All-Star break. Got to give got to give Joey Votto at least another 15, 20 games. Yep. Give yep. him the month of July against teams that aren't very good. But then when it's nut-cutting time and it's August 1st, the trade deadline is passed, you know what you're doing, you know where you are, you know who's coming back from injury – and as long as nothing else happens, knock on wood, and you're rolling with this lineup, this lineup is going to get you runs. And this lineup has shown that they'll get you runs against teams that matter. Yeah. Against teams that are good, against pitchers that are good. I don't have a stat to back that up. I wish I do, but I, you look at the names on the front of their jerseys. They're winning games that matter. Yep. Three and three against teams that matter. Instead of just beating the Royals and... And, you know, everybody else that they beat during the winning streak. I mean, the Braves won 13 out of 14, and we had we won a game, the one loss the Braves had, and we had the br- tying run at base in the other two games. Yeah. Like, we're competing. I, it's, it's very funny in the chat right now. Everybody's saying Sonny Gray and Wade Miley. Reed just said uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Miner. What if, what if Crawl just runs it back? We just get all the guys back, the whole gang. Castillo, we get him back too, and we'll just run it right back. Wade Miley, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. That whole 2020 pitch. <laughs> the, whole 20, the whole 20. You're missing and, one name. Well, Trace's guy, but I won't yeah. mention him. <laughs> you, give that lot, you give that pitching staff these bats, we wouldn't have Reed, been scoreless against Reed, the Braves. Reed, you're the greatest baseball mind I know. Yep. Would you sign Mike Miner? Right now? Right now. What's he doing? He's a, Nothing. He is a free agent. He is available for signing. I mean, if, if he'd take a minor league contract, why not? Here's the thing. When I, I've been talking about getting, you know, contact bats that aren't great, that are cheap and everything like that. When I had that, when I was saying those takes about the Reds, a guy who never crossed my mind but is exactly the mold that I thought of was Alec Mills. I was like, that is the exact name that I was thinking of. You know, uh, a veteran who has had some success, might have been bad last year, but has had success before. Why not get these guys? You know, the Mike Miners, if, if it, I guess it's better than what they're doing, right? It's better than throwing Dreamweaver out there and having a 7 ERA every time because at least these guys have had success in the league before. Yeah. Six and four into the All Star break feels weird to say because you can't be mad with a winning record, but against the teams you're playing, you got to go two and three against the Brewers. I think that's a better way to put it. Go two and three against the two, two and one, two and one. Sorry. The Reds have been bad against the Brewers too, and that's God. The, they got to turn the tide. They got to turn that narrative around at some point. And if there's ever a team that's going to do that, it's this team. I, you look at some of the wins we've had last night included. When you blow a three-run lead, when this Reds franchise is blowing a three-run lead in a game, that's not a game you win. That's a loss always. And I, you look like half these wins this season. These are. These, it's, 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 and I, again, compared to the Bengals, the, the first, or the Joe Burrow year of 2021, was that right? 
I, it's like it's it's just starting to feel magic. It's just magical right now. I mean, Friday night that game against the Braves, we were down five runs in the first inning, and I didn't never, turn the TV off. Never. Again. Usually the Reds get down yeah. five runs. I'm turning the TV off. Like this is new. It's I I don't know if there's ever a year to start breaking the mold of teams past of of what's happened with the cast under the Castellini ownership. It's this team. It's this group of guys. Is is it fair to draw comparisons? You know, you, you guys keep talking about the the Super Bowl year for the Bengals. Is it fair to draw the comparisons with the fact that the Bengals had a very clear and very threatening flaw in the team in the fact that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times a game yep. and they still won? And you could say the same about the Reds right now. They've got a very clear and very threatening flaw in the fact that they give up six, seven runs a game, but they just still win. Is it fair to draw the comparisons between the two teams? Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I and I think I think MLB is so is so it, it's it's just different the way it's played towards the end of the season. I, I think it's going to bite us hard at some point in August, where there's going to be a stretch where this Reds. I think Red's Twitter will break in August. Okay. That's my prediction. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm really glad you brought this up because this was a topic I wanted to get to, and we have a lot of people watching right now. Is Red's Twitter I'm, – I'm very new to, like – I've been following the Reds for a long time, but actually following the fan base on Twitter, I'm newer to it in the last year or two. Is, is Red's Twitter the most reactionary fan base on Twitter – on just on Twitter – because every fan base is reactionary. But I have never seen so many people on Twitter who will write the game off early when we know what this team does coming back night in and night out. The negativity I see on my timeline yeah. in the first and second inning, it wears me out. Yeah, to, it's brutal. To know, like, your video last night, Elliot where you're in the car or whatever you were doing. I don't know if you were in a massage chair or if you were in the car, <laughs> I was in the car. I was what in the you car. were doing with your hair flowing lusciously in the wind. <laughs> I have no idea what you were hair. doing. Tough to That hair. little tuft of hair. I try to copy read. But my goodness, it, it feels to me like you just take a step back and you think about what this team has done and you think, hey, maybe let's not write off this game five minutes into it. The Reds, the Reds score three runs in the first inning, right? Yep. The Reds are winning the World Series. Dream Weaver <laughs> comes out and gives up four runs. Reds are losing four to three. And, the sky is and you might as well sell at the deadline. <laughs> the Reds are winning whatever they're winning, seven to four in the top of the ninth inning. Reds are going to win two games in a row. They're going to go three and three against the Braves and the Orioles. World Series is back on. Give up three runs in the top of the ninth inning. It's all on David Bell. Reds come out, score four runs in the top of the tenth inning. Guess what? You might want to be buyers at the deadline again. I mean, look, I have, I live my life on Twitter. If you know me, I live my life on Twitter. My life exists through a screen on that Bluebird app. Nobody is more intimately familiar with that website than me. I know how it works. I have followed... Dozens of different fan bases over the years with teams that I've worked for, teams that I've followed, teams that I've rooted for, teams that I've rooted against. I know how fan bases work. It's sports. That's part of the fun of it. But also, like, is it not worth it to be a little measured and tapered sometimes? It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I think the, <laughs> the Red's Twitter broke 
when 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 crawl blew it up in 21 yes. so that's when just red's twitter just just was disintegrated the the unity the, you have the all the different factions now yeah it's it was just destroyed and i was on if i'm gonna be completely honest i was on the side of i hate nick crawl i hate the castellinis the castellinis are the worst owners in the sport i was on their side i was on their side i have been proven wrong and i admit that what Nick Kroll has done has been nothing short of miraculous. I mean, that guy is a hero. Truthfully. Truthfully, he is a hero for what he's done. For the plan that they have in place right now. Uh, and you can buy a shirt right now, Crawl Aid, soon. You can drive by that shirt very soon. You, it, no, you can buy it now. Know. You buy it now? Well, we're we're going to pitch it in just a second. Finish oh, your point. Okay. I don't want to get Finish the Finish my point. Crawl Aid. Go buy it's the pinned, shirt. It's pinned in the chat. Go buy the shirt. Crawl Aid. Great shirt. Uh, or the Harambe one's my favorite. But go ahead. Anyway... I, you look at what this team, and, and, and again, I, I'm not. I'm going to stop comparing to the Bengals at some point. It's the same. The tides are the tides are shifting back to where we can trust the ownership. And again, I don't want to be that way. And I think uh, so many fans are in the place where they feel like they can't trust ownership, and rightfully so. Right, the Castellinis have objectively failed as owners of the Cincinnati Reds. They failed. And, and and you know, you go to the ballpark. I love going to the ballpark. They've done great with the Reds Community Fund. I think the ballpark experience at Great American is one of the best in Major League Baseball. I, I love going to Great American Ballpark on a Tuesday night. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. It will always be my favorite thing to do. But there is that distrust of the ownership. You know they're not going to spend money, and you know they, they haven't won anything. And that's just truth. They haven't won anything ever, not even close. They've never been close to winning anything. And I think that's where the disconnect is. And you see little things like, oh, Luke Weaver is being trotted out there again and again and again and again and again. And he's given up seven runs again and again and again. And, and it's like, why aren't we doing anything? Change it. And there is still that, that, that distrust in the city, which I think is more than fair. I think it should absolutely be discussed how the Castellinis have Before the season, our owner ruled us out because he said half the teams don't try. He said half the teams don't try in Major League Baseball on opening day. So Reds fans should just be okay with it. That's what Phil Castellini said. So I, it's not like I, I, I think I, I, I think you're right to a point where Reds fans just Reds fans are just eating themselves up here and they're just being negative all the time and nonstop. But there's just so much distrust. I think I think if we go if we go all in at the deadline, maybe not all in. Let me rephrase. They don't trade any top prospects. But if they go in, if they attempt, the Reds fan will be unified again. I, I think that's what it takes. I I am not. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a huge member of of Bengals Twitter. Like I I kind of I would say my Bengals Twitter experience happens during the season. A lot yeah. of it is uh, follow during the season and immediately unfollow as soon as the Bengals lose their last game or win the Super Bowl. As soon as the season's over. Yep. Because I just can't take it day in and day out. Is it the same? Yeah. Is it is it an overlap of the same where it's basically a city that has been tortured forever that now has some taste of success and the expectations are in flux? I but I, you know I don't I don't even want to get into that. I don't even mean that. I mean literally on a game to game basis, inning to inning basis. I don't even mean on the on the big level. I don't even mean on the scale of the season. I don't even mean game to game almost. I mean literally in the game whether it's the Bengals drive to drive or whether it's the Reds inning to inning or decision to decision I feel like we are in a place as fans sports fans in 2023 you can disagree with me with this but I will argue this 
forever. Sports fans right now are better than they have ever been. Smarter than they have ever been. There's not as many. Because I was just reading the article on, on uh, I forget where it was the other day, talking about ge- the, the percentages of, genera- and this is not generational warfare, this is just stats. Because I'm part of the generation that is, it, we all, we're all part of this, that just now with social media and everything, people just in general don't care about sports as much as they used to in the 1960s and 70s. But sports fans and the people that really care about it right now, know more, care more, and are smarter about what they are talking about than ever. Because you have stats, you have the internet, you have discussion like this to back it up day in and day out. I just don't understand why when Dreamweaver gives up four runs in the first inning in Baltimore on June 28th, like the, the Twitter sphere just melts down. When there's eight innings left in the game and the Reds have proven (laughs) all game, all season, that that is how they win games. Now, the Orioles have also done that. The Orioles are are right there with the Reds and come from behind wins. But just take a deep breath. Just enjoy the game and don't let yourself get so caught up in the pitch-to-pitch minutia of baseball. You'll drive yourself nuts. It's the Frank the Tank effect. I think it's what it is. The Frank the Tank, the Frank the Tank effect where you just freak out over every little thing and exaggerate everything. Frank what? the Tank. Banging the table for Jonathan India to be a Met. Yeah, Jacob. Way to go, guy. He watches, Frank the Frank Tank, the tank officially India. watches off the bench. He does. That's confirmed. Frank the Tank. Uh, Paul, you're a Xavier guy. I'm a UC guy. We're all Reds and Bengals guys. Which fan base do you think during a game is, is the craziest? Craziest? Yeah. Overreacting, blaming people. I think it's the Bengals. You think it's the Bengals? Because I think I think it's the Bengals because I I I will because the, they understand that the game means more. The Bengals losing a game means more than yeah. Xavier or UC or 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 the Reds losing a game because there's just plain and simply fewer games. So after the Bengals lost the first two games last year, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, hey, you have you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of, of the generation. <laughs> Maybe things are going to be all right. But you also then see the stat that says what? How what, what was the low percentage of teams that have lost their first two games and then gone on to make the playoffs? Like there is stats like that to back you up. I would say reactionary, though. I would probably go with the Bengals. What would be your answer? I think I, I think it's the Bengals or the Reds, but I as of right now, I think I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the ba- Bengals fan- expectations have hurt the Bengals. Yeah, that's Twitter true. Fan base. That's true. Bengals fans, though, last season after the loss to Pittsburgh, Game One, when McPherson was whiffing extra points uh, because we didn't have a holder. I, I think that was like an or all-time- a long snapper or a long snapper. That was an all-time low. I think that was one of the all-time lows for Bengals fans. <laughs> Just being like, this season's over. you got to beat Pittsburgh. We want a long snapper. It's like, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I'm pretty entrenched in both Bengals and Reds Twitter. Bengals Twitter is, it gets darker than Reds Twitter gets. Like, yeah, Reds Twitter, you know, most of the time the negativity is based around the Reds. A lot of times you see Bengals Twitter with Bengals fans, you know, getting into it with other fans and stuff. And I don't like all that. I, you know, Bengals Twitter... 
Bengals Twitter gets dark every now and then. Casey, you're well entrenched now in Bengals Twitter and all of this, and you're, I think you're starting to get into the Reds and everything else. Do you have an opinion on on all of this? Um, football fans in general, I think, just have a more tendency to, to overreact. Um, just for the simple fact that there's not as many games. I mean, that, that goes for not just professional uh, football either, but college football as well, like... Yeah, you lose one game in college football, it's the end of the world. If you play bad and you still win the game, it's the end of the world because you can't win the next game. So it's, yeah, I would say football in general is the, the one that overreacts the most. Reed? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think just football fans are, are more reactive because it is so important one week at a time. Um, Red's Twitter – it's funny, Jacob said that uh, Reds Reds fans oftentimes don't get in it with uh, other fan bases. I would disagree, you. but I, I started it. <laughs> but it, it is it is fair to say. I don't know. I think fan bases are all the same. I truly think that I have yet to distinguish a difference in, in any fan base except for fam, you, you hate fan bases that win more. They're all the same. They'll always act the same. It's just a matter of how much success and how cocky a fan base can be because of that success and how much they are, they're playing keep up. The, the phrase, they're a good fan base, probably just means that they're a losing franchise. Yeah, I think when you look at fans these days and fans that have access to so much information, whether it's because that there's there, there are more people covering the teams, there are more ways to cover the teams, there's more... There's more uh, intimacy with the players that you want to get to know and to learn to respect or trust on the field, whatever it might be, because there's a social media director that's taken a behind-the-scenes video or whatever it might be. You have so many ways now to get in tune with the players and with who you're following that by the time the season rolls around and you're playing games that you might win, you might lose, but you're not so overreactive to one game like mouse cop points out in the chat the problem with red's twitter is that if you lose one game that you think it's a 10 game skid i will allow a little bit to the reds fan base that says like what elliot was saying before there are a lot of holes in this team this is not a perfect team this is not the mets not that the Mets were a perfect team, but they spent the money that would justify a perfect team. Yep. The Reds are not the Mets. The Reds are not out there trying to win at the level that the Mets were trying to win this year and spending the money that the Mets were trying to win this year. And then all of a sudden finding themselves in a situation now where they're up a half game in the division on June 29th and you think to yourself, oh, if only you won this game. Yep. Or if only you would have played better in this situation. If only they wouldn't have taken so-and-so out at this point in this game at this inning. It just gets very frustrating to me where I, I never – I have a, a firm stance. I never block people on Twitter. I never – unless it's like harassment. I don't know if I've ever blocked anybody on Twitter that – I've blocked plenty of spam accounts that get in yeah. your replies. But I don't know if I've ever blocked a, a real person on Twitter. Because my stance is I mute you because then what you're going to do is you're going to tweet at me and it's just going to go into oblivion because I'm never going to see it. <coughs> and then that's just, that's just worse for you. Can so, I... And I don't mute people a lot. There are a few, but I don't mute people a lot. Can I be honest? Yeah. There was a picture in this Orioles-Red series that has me blocked. 
He plays for the Orioles. He's a relief pitcher. Do you want to just say who it is? It's CNL Perez. Now, CNL Perez has me blocked, and I was probably too harsh on him because he was very, very, very bad as a Cincinnati Red. Very bad. He was horrible. Very bad. And I probably said some unkind things to him. I probably said, you know, you're, you suck and get out of my city. I probably said that. I didn't mean it. I'm a fan. We're all dumb, silly fans. We, we, we get, we know, we get personal. Maybe we shouldn't be as personal and personally attached to uh, these players as we are. So, CNL, if you're watching this, and I know you are, I apologize, and I'd like to be unblocked. I'd really, I'd really like to be unblocked. I think that would be a good way to mend our friendship. I don't want to speak for you here, but yeah. you're probably thankful for CNL's most recent outing against the Reds. Oh, absolutely, yeah. CNL stinks. Yeah. I don't... I have never came across a Twitter account that I've been blocked by. I'm sure there's something out there, but I've never like got on someone's profile and be like, "Oh, I'm." I've got two of them. I won't say the other one, but but CNL Perez. I'm I'm sure dozens of people have muted me recently. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know anybody that I've been blocked by either. I've never I've never clicked on somebody's profile. Paul's Big J. Paul's a Big J journalist. He's not getting blocked by anybody. Reed, I could see Reed getting blocked by a couple. I'm sure there's someone out there who's blocked. I got blocked by a lot of people on Vine. On Vine? Back Vine? Vine? Oh, yeah. Vine. That's where the trolling started. Vine. I could see Casey as a big troll. Casey, are you blocked by people? No. I think Casey might be the most trollable person At Seabox, Casey is not blocked by anyone. Evan. Casey's I, burner. Yeah, but I've known... I, I see Casey's, like, email handle when he, when I've sent myself an email. And he, I don't know, man. He's got some He's got some burner names up in his mind there. I think Casey might be going on the internet trolling people. Well, no one knows what my burner account is on here, so... Nice. Nice. But confirmed, you have but a burner. I have a burner in the chat. You have a burner in the chat, we too? We all do. I don't. I'm an honest guy. I also don't have a burner in the chat. Um, Jacob, yes. Paul? I know Paul doesn't have one. Paul just has six Paul, Paul, Paul accounts. Paul does Paul not has, have one. Paul, Paul does have one burner that has not been active in the chat in a long time. It was very active in the beginning when we needed to get the chat off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and that burner was active. Hasn't been active in a, long, in a long time. It also changes names. So if Paul, you go back and yeah, Paul might be the Paul might be the one running uh, Barstool Cincinnati, aka the worst Twitter account. On oh, Twitter. I would never be <laughs> caught dead. I wouldn't be caught Twitter, dead. As a UC fan, that Twitter account needs to be shut down. And that Twitter account stinks. It's not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Um, all right, I am going to step away uh for just a second here and get to the advertisements also make sure you guys pub what's uh linked in the chat mr president take it away it's that type of the show the ham and eggers these guys are great trust me i would know i introduce all the best segments Thank you, uh, DT47. Uh, we were just talking about Bengals Twitter. So the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data centers, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Um, before I get into this Pawnee read that I've been working hard for for the majority of this show, I do want to say thank you to the super chat. Brandon Thomas gave us a $20 super chat. It was a, a sticker. It was very nice of him. And also pinned in the chat is a Chatterbox Night. So if you guys want to be a part of Chatterbox Night, that is July 17th. Go on our website. There's merch there. You can look at it. Um, I believe you have to – there's different ways to get there. It's all on the website. So, so check it out there. So yesterday when we were out at lunch – 
poll, I asked the question, what is the most popular hip-hop song of all time? And I threw out the song from Biggie Smalls, Juicy. And I just thought it was a good answer. Paul found out that, I found out then that Paul has never heard Biggie Smalls, Juicy, which as, a, as an American, I don't even know how that's possible, but he played the song, he never heard it. So uh, yeah, this, uh, this ad read is dedicated to the best tasting water in the world, a local company helping out a small media group when we were just trying to make enough money to feed a pair of golden retrievers. You know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby. Baby, oh, it no. was all Pawnee. Oh, I no. used to drink Dasani. Oh, no. Fiji and smart water up in Tom's limousine. Oh, no. Knowing, putting Aquafina in the fridge. Knowing darn well that all that water was mid. I know that <laughs> hydration is king. Alkaline beating regular and clinical studies. Used to drink tap way back in the glass. Ice oh, no. with the glass. Remember hydration? The king of health. You never thought that natural limestone will take that belt. Now we talking Pawnee made right across the drink. Time to take a drink. Clunk, clunk, clink, clink. Made better. Only one ingredient in the bottle. Time to take your, time to take your health up a throttle. Shout out best water in the world. P-A-H-H-N-I. That's who? Yeah. Find them in a store near you. And if you don't know, now you know. Casey. That was beautiful, Reed. Fire. Thanks. That was beautiful. Thanks. I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm disgusted. You've been Fire. working Fire. on that for Did you listen to that? an hour now? And it, that, was, that was amazing. I tried my best. Uh, that was DJ Mousetrap. Hasn't been on a track in quite some time. Um, but it was the best I could do. Paul, have you listened to Juicy since, since we had that conversation tomorrow? I... That's uh, a no. That's a resounding no. 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 The answer is <laughs> no. The answer is the answer, the answer no. I, the answer is no. Yeah, it's uh, look. I there are a lot of things I will I I would never claim to claim to be, and that's that's not uh that's not one of them. Well, this chat is just off the rails. Yeah, I saw Mouse's comment. Mouse kind of. <laughs> oh no! Mouse broke me. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, the whole chat is. The chat oh, my. is not fond of that bit. No, oh my! That was a bad bit. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> That was a bad bit. <laughs> a bad bit. I think man. the execution was terrible. I think the I think if you give me enough enough tries at that no, that rap, no, no, I think no, it no. can get. Better. I don't think Biggie could have pulled that off, Reed. R.I.P. R.I.P. I mean, that was just the very worst. Wow. That's a yikes! I have to go back and listen to that. No, you don't. No. You yeah, we, we do. Wait, it'll be Paul, on, go it'll back be on and Twitter play it right later. now. We can replay it right now. We can redo that whole ad. Ronnie Smith said, never do that again. That's we could, fair. We could play the game of Ask Paul the Movie and Has Paul Seen has the Paul Movie? Seen the has movie? Paul Seen the Movie? That would, that would go over real well. I'd show, I, my, I'd show my true stripes. I just don't understand how you haven't heard the, the song Juicy. Have you ever heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Evan yeah. wants it again. Evan wants it again. I like oh, it. hey, you might as well... Reed, wait. I was out of the room. You want to do it again? Let's do it again. I'm all right. Better, ex better execution this time. Here we go. One, Count two, three. Blackmore19 said, hell no. Stick to the short shorts. Mm. Maybe, you know what you needed? You needed the actual Ronnie's soundtrack behind time you. Time out. Ronnie, Ronnie dropped that he is 90s hip-hop. He said, bro, I am 90s hip-hop. Don't do that anymore. 
Well, he is 90s hip hop. Then you better 90s listen to him. 90s hip hop in the chat today. Wow. That's incredible. Don't listen. Don't, don't, yeah. Jacob, don't do you're, you're a culture man. Who's your favorite 90s hip hop artist? I don't know. I'm not a huge hip hop guy in general. Ugh. So I'll probably make a fool out of myself. NWA. That'd be 80s, man. but. Tupac? I'm a biggie over Tupac guy. I also like Andre 3000 from Outkast. I think Outkast is the most underrated. Greatest 90s. duo of all time. Yeah, I think they're the, the most underrated, like, classic rap group. Because they were great. Andre, Big Boy. Coolio. They won Best New Artist the year that either Tupac or Biggie could have won it. Outkast won it. Just remember that. Pretty sure we could have this conversation with Rick tomorrow. I think Rick is. I think that was that was Rick's style. I'm really. Oh, I forgot about Doggy style. Snoop Dogg was great. Snoop great Dogg album. is Snoop Dogg is very good. People don't like Snoop Dogg because of his little bit with Martha Stewart. I love Snoop Dogg. Is that why Bic lighters can do anything? Well, yeah, maybe there may be. Yeah, I don't know, but I love Snoop Dogg. Reed hates Eminem. I do not like Eminem. I think Eminem stinks. That's a bad take there. Mm. I think Eminem stinks. He's the most sold rap artist of all time. I think he has the best song, number one rap song of all okay, time. Okay, does that make? Does that make yes. Avatar the greatest movie of all time? It's not the highest number one, is it? It was for a decade. But, it, but it's not now. I mean, what are we, but it's what not are we now. talking about here? It's not now, is it? Okay. Read. Why do you write songs? To sell them. Jacob gets it. I don't think you sell. I don't think that's necessarily true for everyone that writes songs. Yeah, you want to make a career out of that, but you also want to feed art into the world. Make something beautiful. What speak, about the, what about, speak on behalf of people. What about Jay-Z? You like Jay-Z? I don't know enough of Jay-Z. I'll be honest. Because he's enough. considered one of the greats. And yeah. I, I don't know enough about Jay-Z. I know he's great. And if you don't have title, you can't listen to him. Well, until very recently. Yeah. I like Jordan Earhart. Avatar is sort of mid. I mean, it stinks. No, Avatar, right. He's like Eminem. What? Avatar Avatar, Avatar is it's Eminem. Awful. Avatar's Eminem. It's so bad. What do you, that's you a, like that, the that movie? Take, Avatar that is take one is of really the bad. best movies. It's in my probably top ten of movies. I love what Avatar. Do you, what do you like about it? It's incredible. The visuals are amazing. It's an incredible movie. I was at the second one. I saw the second one three times in theaters. It's a three-hour long movie. That's crazy. Oh, Avatar. <laughs> that's a little nuts. Avatar that's movies, all, that, that, that is nuts. I love the Avatar movies. That is nuts. It's so bad. It's so bad. I own that Avatar movie on Amazon because I watch it so often. A unbelievable movie. The only the only good thing anyone's ever said about Avatar is it looks good. Like when you like the CGI. But I don't even know if it looks good. It yeah. looked good then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. People I've seen Avatar mul multiple times. I don't know the characters' names. Oh, I, I <laughs> That's Avatar, it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I is the main character's name for everyone besides Jake? It's that I have one. No it, idea. Yeah, it's that Sigourney one. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. Sully, right? Yeah, Jake uh, Sully. Jake Sully. So, oh. No, he flew the plane in the in That's the river. That's the main character of Avatar. <laughs> no, that was the guy who flew the plane in the New Jersey River. Yeah. You're yeah. right, and he had a Jake, movie named after Jake him. Sully. A more yes. famous Sully. Sully. Okay, we're glad we got this back on track. I, I can't believe Avatar. Do you He's like the plot of the movie? Him. Do you like the, or is it just the visuals? Like, what yeah, do you like about the it? the visuals. But that's why I'm watching a movie for. The story. The visuals is 65 percent of the movie. Not that's true. That's in not, a high CGI movie like not that. Not true. Oh, Dialogue is the majority of the movie. Correct, Reed. That's why. That's why Quentin Tarantino's great. Correct, right? Not a huge Tarantino guy. Ooh. Okay, well then, then what are we doing? Then what are we doing? 
than what are we doing? <laughs> Elliot, Tarantino, or Nolan? I've never had an effect. This Avatar. is Tarantino. a wild take. I've never, I've never heard anybody. Tarantino, but if I'm going to be honest, I love Christopher Nolan. I like watching Christopher Nolan's movies more, but I still think Tarantino's better. Nolan's my favorite, for sure. What did Avatar rip off? It was, uh, oh, it's basically just, it's just a... Uh, well, just an alien movie. They're just all blue. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's basically like Dances with Wolves, right? Well, like yeah. Like with Kevin Cott. It's basically Dances yeah. with Wolves. No, there's a movie. Except the, except he's like in a dream, right? He's like, they're like, I, I still don't understand how it works. How is he with the aliens, but he's not with the aliens, right? Fantastic ride at Disney World, by the way. Is Avatar, it? Avatar is, yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. It is a good ride. I like Avatar, the one on Cartoon Network. Oh, that the last airbender? Too. Yeah, the last airbender. Great oh series. my god. All I can't let series. that time out, time out. I can't let that I can't let that fall. Avatar, I am a huge Avatar fan. I think it is quite possibly the second greatest cartoon ever, maybe third. I would probably put South Park and SpongeBob above it. But <laughs> you said on Cartoon Network. I don't know what it was on. Nickelodeon? It was not on Cartoon Network. You said I am a huge Ooh. Avatar fan. Ooh. The one that was on Cartoon Network. Sorry. I'm and a it, huge Batman fan, the one that's on Marvel. Uh, what are we talking about? Sorry. 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 I liked Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That was there. That was on Cartoon Network. Codename Kids Next Door. That was there. Oh, yeah. Great, yeah. great theme Foster's song. Home for Imaginary Friends was a good one, too. Yep. What, uh, uh, coward the Courage. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, that one. Back to sports, Ronnie Smith says. Oh, back to sports. Back to sports. Well, back we got plenty it. of sports. Yeah, coming so up back with to Tracy sports. Jones. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, they had a, they, I think they had an episode <laughs> where they kicked the soccer ball once. I think that was my sport. But I, I, lo I love Cartoon Network. Good show. Good programming. I never. I, I was never Cartoon Network. I did. You're weird. I did Nick and you're Disney. You're weird. You're a weird guy. I did Nick. I did Nick. You guys know Avatar on Netflix, right? The the yes. the live action. I'm yes. pumped for that. I'm pumped for that too. I've just never gotten into to like an, the anime. Paul was the, Paul was the kid, and I have a friend who, who was this exact same way. At like eight years old, he was just like watching highlights, and that was all he was doing. <laughs> he would wake up. He'd write an article. He'd write it for his dad in the in in, a, in like a newspaper, in a fake newspaper, and he'd write like something about like. Oh, what did the muskies do tonight? And that was Paul's childhood. And then he didn't listen to music in the car either. I don't think you could have described my childhood any more perfectly. <laughs> I was a sports guy growing up, but I was always into the and Casey know this. I was, you know, I was a I was a nerd. I was in Glee Club. I was in musicals. I love that stuff. You know what I was? Realistically, what? I was always outside. Like I never I would come home from school. I was always outside, like in the summer. Yep. I was just never, I never turned on the, t even, honestly, even sports highlights, like I watched the Nats games, or before then it was, you know, the Reds or whoever it was, I would watch the games, but I was just, I was just never inside watching TV, like, and when I, when people say like, Paul, what movies have you seen or haven't seen or music or whatever, it's like, yeah. I was just outside playing sports all the time. Yeah. It's basketball, baseball in the summer, whatever it was. Just outside. I was just never. I was just never watching TV. Paul yeah. Fritchner outside in Virginia in January. Yeah, <laughs> outside twenty four seven. Yeah, I mean honestly, it was like, uh, yeah, that's just that's just kind of how it rolled. I don't know. Is that bad? Is that no, a bad thing? No, 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 absolutely. Kids need to be we inside, all played man. outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I just never had any interest in sitting down and spending hours watching shows, TV. I don't know. Everybody wants sports. We, they, everybody wants you to get back it to is, sports. Well, and there's no greater athlete than the guy coming don't up Don't worry, because we have the greatest Cincinnati athlete of all time on the show right now, and that's Tracy Jones. Tracy, how are you today? Good, Paul. So you went outside. You were outside all the time playing sports, and you still suck. 
all that practice. And <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I'm sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Not very you know good. What? Here, here's what my mom used to say. Go outside and play. Go outside and play. I never spent time in the house. First of all, I, I grew up in a 1200 square foot home with six people and one bathroom. So being outside was, and we always had great weather. I know you poor bastards, you know, it's always raining or snowing and the sun's never out in Cincinnati. In Southern California, in case you guys don't know this, it's usually about 78 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. We don't have this smog or fog or smoke or whatever we have. I can't even see, I can't builds even see. Character. It builds character, <laughs> Tracy, it builds character. It's ridiculous. Hey, big weekend. Big weekend, Huge weekend, right? Tracy. It's finally here. It's like we've been talking about Casey's wedding forever, talking about the yeah. Taylor Swift weekend. It's all it's all coming here. And here's the deal, and I want to compliment you, Paul. Last time I was on the show, you called me a Swifty. I am a Swifty. If I had if I had walk-up music, it would be Taylor Swift. If I was playing nowadays, it would be Taylor Swift. It would either be the song Me or Style. One of those two songs I would have as my walk-up music. Really? You know those songs? You Absolutely. Know those songs? Yeah. I wouldn't so expect I any other song from you, honestly. If you're going to pick songs from her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect any others. You know, all kidding aside, I did see Taylor Swift. I told you guys, I saw her probably 15 years ago at Nationwide. She was opening up for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. And she was very good. I like her. I like her. I'm a Swifty. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We got it. I'm just making, I'm, I'm ma you know what I'm doing, Tracy? I'm making sure that everybody in the studio is included, and I'm making sure the ham and egg is over to my life. Have you met Elliot and Jacob? Have, have you guys past. been? Yes, I have. Have you guys all been introduced? Say hi to Tracy. Tracy well, I, I know. Elliot, were you actually in the geek, geek? Squad or Geek Club? What, what was that? A geek the club? Glee Club. Glee Club. Glee Club. Glee Club, Tracy. Yeah, we sang songs, man. Wow. That's really cool. Tracy, um, you know, Tracy, you know, I, I worked at 700 WLW. I never got to see you, but I would run uh, Brenneman and Jones all oh, the time. Geez, I didn't know that. Yes, I, I was that. a 700 guy. He was, Tracy, he was your ham and egger at 700. No, we got a, yeah, a bunch of good guys there at uh, 700 wlw what are you guys doing for fourth of july what did you, you guys got parties to go to so what, i'm so taylor swift we're lizzie and i are going on friday night to taylor swift and then we are waking up saturday morning and driving to new jersey my cousin is getting married next week uh out out on the jersey shore yeah i'm actually going to california uh july 4th first class of course i'm flying uh do you know this we don't have fireworks in California. We, we, we have light shows. We have light shows. You're not allowed to have fireworks in California. Does that upset fireworks. you? Would you rather have fireworks? Does that upset you? Well, I never, when I was a kid, like I said, we were really poor. So we would just get sparklers. My dad would bring a box of sparklers. We didn't get like the cabin that smoked or those little snakes that you put on the, the sidewalk and they make a stain. You know what I'm talking about, oh, those yeah. things? We never had fireworks. When I was a teenager, they outlawed fireworks. It's a true story. You couldn't even have sparklers in Southern California. You know what sparklers are, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You it's a tradition. Yeah. Who doesn't know what sparklers are? 
no sparklers. And so I'm a little jealous because you guys get, you know, M80s, cherry bombs, Roman candles. You guys got all that stuff. So Just it's firing it cool off. You guys, but, you know, I worry about the kids. You, that's an adult thing. But you get kids. I don't know if you guys were ones that would light off the fireworks. But that, that's, a, that's a dangerous thing. A lot of a lot of fingers have. Uh, I was gonna say you lose a finger. Off. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's big big weekend. I, you know, Tracy, I'm surprised. I don't know if you saw the tweets from the local news. I'm surprised you weren't out in the in the merch line. Maybe from, he was. From Eight o'clock last night. Maybe yeah. he was covered in the blanket. Yeah, true. You know, I heard she's putting seventy-five million dollars into the local economy. If you can come up with that figure, I don't know how they come up with that figure. But this is a big deal. I mean, a big deal. And, and just so much what's happening in music. What about poor Madonna? Now she's in the oh, hospital. Oh, I saw I mean, that. Is she okay? I hope so. She's another one I I, I look up to, Madonna. You ever met her? No, I haven't met her. I, I, I If Madonna came in here right now, I'd tell her to get the hell out. I'm not a big Madonna fan. She's, she's one of those libertards. So yeah, I'm not a not a big fan. Not a big fan of Madonna. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question about the whole thing here in Cincinnati? And you guys do this, and I know the Hammeneggers can can kind of chime in on this, uh, the hillbilly thing. When you guys, I used to have a party at my place to watch the fireworks on Fourth of July. You know, I have one of the best views in the city. Naturally, it's very nice. Overlooks the city. But when I when I had my party at my place. I catered it from Walt's Hitching Post. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Walt's Hitching Post. It's my favorite restaurant in the tri-state. You can get the Tracy Jones. The Tracy Jones bone and ribeye is the best steak. But I would have it catered. I'd have waiters that would serve. I had even someone playing the guitar. It was kind of a big deal. I went to a party a couple years ago here in Cincinnati. And it's like, it's weird because you people, it's like bring your own booze. Right in your your. You're, you're cooler, you come, you bring, and you just bring enough for yourself. You don't even bring enough to share. And I thought that was really strange because when I have a party, I pay for everything. I provide the food, the alcohol. But when you guys come, you people, you guys bring your own booze. And I just thought that was really strange. Well, it's like a potluck of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you don't have enough to share. It's just for you guys. Like, like you, do, you think like, we can af- do you think we can afford... To be sharing with everybody else, do you think we have that kind of money? Well, I mean, then you should. It, that person who's having that party should supply the food and the drink. That's just one thing. Or you can't have a party. But I'm sure you and Casey and Reed, all the guys show up with their six pack of old Milwaukee's ready to party down. But if you're going to show up to a party, bring more beer than six. I mean, bring enough to share. And you guys don't do that here in Cincinnati. What's your beer, Tracy? Oh, I don't drink beer. No, I, I've graduated from that. I, I just drink Grey Goose. Yeah, not, none of that. None of the Bud Light. Not, not even, yeah, none of that. No, no beer. It makes you fat. Reed, go ahead. Tracy, so if I pulled up to your, um, your estate there in Bellevue, Kentucky with a 30 rack of the Beast, Milwaukee's Best Light, which, of course, is the greatest beer on the market, you wouldn't share a single beverage with me? Are you too California, too highfalutin to share a beer with me? Well, first of all, Reed, if you pull, pulled up to my place, you wouldn't get past the, the doorman. Uh, my, my doorman, William, does not let 
people in unless you live or you have a special pass. But I would probably go out to the car and share in Old Milwaukee. I used to drink Old Milwaukee when I was bro when I was a brokey. So yeah, I, I can drink in Old Milwaukee. It just goes straight to my gut, and I and I don't like that. I like to keep trim and fit in shape. But Greg is great. Tracy. You look great, Tracy. You really do. You don't look a day over thirty. No, I thought you were going to say I'm 62, going on 63. I thought you were going to say 60. Nah, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, I'm trying to be. Hey, hey, just on a baseball thing. Yeah, I was going to get into Va that. Joey Votto is a friggin' lightning rod in the city. I mean, it's it's really kind of cruel because I, I'm in these chat rooms and I don't say anything because if people knew I was in there, they'd start hammering me. But I just hear, or I'm reading the stuff that they say about Joey Votto. Either you like him, love him, or you hate him. There's really no middle of the road for Joey Votto. I mean, he goes 0 for 6 last night, and you thought it was the end of the world for Joey Votto. I, I just think it's really, it's really tough to sit there and read things like that. I could have never played today. I couldn't have read stuff like that on the internet and not addressed it. Address it. I'd be fighting everybody in two seconds. I'd be challenging people to fight. And I couldn't take it. I, I I find myself defending Joey Votto. You know what I mean? Like sticking up for him. But I'm you know I gotta slow it down. You can't just throw things well, out I, there because I get. I don't I don't know if you heard our conversation right before you came on, but we were talking about fan bases on Twitter and social media and everything and how reactionary a lot of fan bases are now to just sports in general because you have the opportunity to just say whatever you want because you're on Twitter yeah. or you're on Facebook, yep. you're in comment sections, whatever it might be, you're in chat rooms. Whatever you're doing, you're just so reactionary. And Joey Votto last week hits two home runs in a game. Everybody loves him. They build a statue for him. Then he goes 0 for 6 in a game and you might as well just DFA him. You know, and it's 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 so reactionary night in night out night in and night out that it get it gets frustrating and gets tiring it, it, that's a great word it gets tiring every I once mean, in a while tracy a ham and egger gets one right I, I just i want you people to understand how tough it is to be one of us a major leaguer you have a better chance you have a better chance of hitting the lottery than playing in the major leagues. It's it's a little tough. You know, it's a little tough to hit 100 mile an hour, the ball moving all over the place. Just take a look at the back of Joey Votto's card. But for people to sit there and take shots at him, and, and the thing, and I understand it's sports, and they have the right to do that, but I don't like the front running. Let me give you an example of a front runner. Is my wife. My wife is now a huge Reds fan. She don't give a rat's ass the last 15 years that the Reds won or lost. We're listening to the game the other night, right? And we're sitting there, and she turns to me and goes, boy, I really want to go to a Reds game. I really think this team's got a chance to win it all. I says, oh, really? What about the pitching? Ah, they, they've got great position ball players. So we're listening to the game, and she goes, boy, and Friel is really having a good year. I turned to her and go, that's Friedel. Friel hasn't played in 12 years. She says, I thought he played for a long time, but, but oh, so it's Friedel? See, that's what I'm saying. She's jumping in. Oh, she thought it was Ryan Friel? Yeah, she thought it was Ryan Friel. Was he 50? I mean, and I, I liked Ryan a lot. We actually had some beers back when I drank beers, and he committed suicide, which was very sad. Really, a, you guys would love Friel. But here's my wife thinking Friedel is Friel. 
I mean, what kind of fan is that? Kind of embarrassing. What What's your take on bandwagon fans, Tracy? Because I th there's one side of the coin where people would say it's it's sports, it's just great to enjoy the ride and have fun, and then there's the other people that say, ah, well, you're just coming on when things are going well, but you don't really know what's going on when the Reds are losing 100 games like they were last year. What What's your take? What's your, seriously, what's your take as a player, as somebody that was around – what, what, five major league teams? The, yeah, I played for five major league teams. Five major Think league teams. Where that is. So what's your take on that? I just, I, I'm going to say something, and you, you people are really going to get upset about this, but this is true. Fans care more about winning and losing than the players do, if you can believe that. I know that's really hard to believe. When I was a kid growing up in, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm from Southern California, and I used to be big Ram fans or Angel fans or Laker fans. But when the Rams would lose to the Minnesota Vikings, I would sometimes slam the door. I was probably eight, nine years old and start crying because my team lost. I mean, I was a huge fan. And my dad walked in the room one day and he says, Trace, I know you're upset. The Rams blew it again. He says, but let me ask you a question with the Rams. What's in it for you? What's in it for you if they win? And, you know, that affected me the rest of my life because I thought he's exactly, here he is telling a nine-year-old kid, what's in it for you? And I was never close to the, the same fan because I would live and die with the teams like they do here in Cincinnati. But the question my dad asked, what's in it for you? And I think it's a great question. I would ask Reds fans, what's in it for you? So you're you're not in the bandwagon camp, or you are, or what? what no, you... I I like to no. I watch the team. I root for the team, but I don't live and die watching Reds baseball or Bengals football. And some people do. And I'm thinking, I, I couldn't get into it. I was involved in, with the ball clubs when I was eight years old, but now that I got older and I'm into other things, I'm not. You know, it, it doesn't make my day if they win or lose. But I like watching them, and I like watching what they're going to do as far as getting pitching. I, I can make an argument to buy, sell, or to hold. I can make all three of those arguments for this organization. This is a really tough call uh, for the Reds. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Tracy, how many hits did you have in your first 100 at-bats as a Red? Jeez. I think it was 37. 37. And, and 37. That's the most hits ever for any Reds player the first 100 at bats. Can you believe that? Now, now McLean was close at 35, but being two hits away, that's kind of far. But think about all the great hitters, and I had more hits than any of them. Now, I'm not saying I'm better than Joey Votto or Pete Rose, but if you want to say that, Paul, you can go ahead and say that. Maybe Reed would like to chime in. No, Tracy. I was going to say is you're you're wondering what's in it for for fans here in this area. You got to remember, not everyone grew up in. Where'd you grow up? Southern California. Not everyone grew, grew up, up in in the sun near the beach like you had. Some of us grow up here in you know regular old Hamiltucky, Hamilton, Ohio, where it's in or Cincinnati or East Side, West Side, wherever, where it's dark six months out of the year and cold. So the only thing that we have to get us through the dark, depressing days of growing up in the Midwest is our local sports team. So sometimes that's all you got. That's that's you why know, we live or die hey, by it. 
And you know what? And when I go to Southern California, I talk about how great of a sports town Cincinnati is. I mean, it's we have a lot to be proud of right now, right? I mean, you have the Bengals, you got the Reds, you got the Cyclones. I mean, you've got Xavier basketball, you got UC basketball. I mean, we're pretty strong in the city. And so, you know, I look at, and we kid around about Southern California, and Tom brought this up the other day. Think about the sports in, in Cincinnati, compare that to the sports in Los Angeles, and we're better. I mean, and that, that's, a, that's, that's pretty good to say that Cincinnati are better sports, sports teams than in Los Angeles, in my opinion. So I, I, I ask you that about how many hits you had in your first 100 at-bats because right now, Ellie De La Cruz is 25 for his first 83. So if he was to go uh, 12 for 17 over his next few games, you think you're worried about that? I'm not worried about anyone breaking that record. That record will stand for 100 years. If Pete Rose couldn't break it, if Joey Votto couldn't break it, Ken Griffey Jr. couldn't break it, Barry Larkin, you ever heard of these guys? Eric Davis couldn't break it. No one's going to break that. That record's going to be like a, a, a record that'll live forever, like a Cal Ripken games played, 41-92. I've heard people now refer to Tracy Jones's first 100 bat and getting 37 hit. Everybody's talking about that. It was a graphic on a game. Everybody's talking about oh, it. It, it. it it makes people so upset to see my name. There's people at WLW that get so upset anytime I mention. So when that's shown, they just kind of want to sweep it on the carpet. Oh, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> they don't like it. A lot, lot of jealousy. A lot of jealousy. You should, you should have saw Elliot. When we told him that Tracy Jones was coming on, because he used to work at 700 WLW. So when he heard Tracy Jones coming on, he's just falling in line, said, ah, not Tracy Jones is no good. But luckily we defended you. We got your back, Tracy. Who said that? Elliot, he used to work at 700 W. I don't want to throw him underneath the rug. You know what we do Tracy, have for Tracy, that's slander. That's utter slander, Tracy, and I'm disgusted. Reed's over there. Say, Reed, hey, Tracy, have you ever seen Reed's tuft of hair he's got on his head? That's the <laughs> yeah. kind of guy you don't want to yeah, – it's the kind of guy you don't trust, right? Look at all – it's just a small amount of hair gel to tuft up his hair. Tracy, they're, they're well, jealous of our blonde hair. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Elliot, let me – mine used to be blonde. Now it's gray. Elliot, let me say something. You gutless bastard. I'm probably going to go up to the studio <laughs> in a couple weeks. I'm going to look you up. You hear me? I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'll be ready. <laughs> it's not going to take much, Elliot, to knock me off. It, you know. <laughs> I, can lift, I can barely lift my arm. Uh, do we have a – yeah. We, go we got a segment for you, Tracy. Run it, right, Casey. Let's do it. It's time to guess that player with friend of the show, first pick in the MLB draft, kind of. An overall good guy, Mr. Tracy Jones. All right, Tracy, let's get to guess that player with Tracy Jones. All right, this player, I'm not going to do the voice the entire time. Okay. That player, I kind of like it, though. That was good. That was good. That was good, Reed. It was good. <laughs> I mean, all right, this, this guy did his, played his entire career with the Cincinnati Reds. That's your first hint. But poor, poor guy. Played, oh, so no one really wanted this guy is what Right, he didn't saying. play five with five MLB teams. Right, okay. Um, I would say um, Barry Larkin. 
It was not Barry Larkin. All right, hint number two. He was a three-time All-Star. Um... Are we on delay? No, three-time All-Star. <laughs> we we have a. He was a pitcher. I'll give you I'll, that. Wasn't the third hint, but I'll I'll sneak a, another one in there. Uh, it it wasn't Browning. It wasn't Browning. Gosh darn it! it wasn't like Tomko or no? I, I, they all got traded. So he, he only played for Cincinnati. Mario twelve-year career with Cincinnati. Mario Soto. Mario Soto is correct. The final hit was going to be shares a name with a notable video game character, but yeah, Mario so Soto, 100 career wins. You know what's funny about Mario Soto? He made his debut in 1977, which of course was a year after the Reds won the World Series and finished his career a year before they won in 1990. Mario Soto was my road buddy once in a while. We would go really? out to those uh, entertainment venues and mm -hmm. uh, we had a brass good time. Ass. Brass ass? <laughs> no, nothing's as good as the brass ass. I'm talking about cheetahs, solid gold, those places. You, when was the last time? Have you guys ever been to the brass ass? I have never been to the brass ass, but I, I have been asked to leave a strip club. Oh, you're one of those guys? What did you do? You, you touched the girl, right? No, I went with my wife, and my wife was talking shit to one of the strippers. <laughs> See, that's awesome. I like your wife. She She's has great. No problem going, she has no problem going to the strip bar. Very secure. That was the one time that, that we went, and we actually really didn't even get through the front door. She, she uh, didn't want to pay the cover charge because she was, she was a little, little tanked up, as Tom would like to say. And... The lady was like, you can't get in without the cover charge. And my wife just kept saying, well, there's a reason you're working the door and Ann are, are on the stage. So we were asked to leave. <laughs> oh, so you didn't even get in the place? Uh, I, I walked in. I took a gander. And then, I, then we had to leave. How was the wool? Not as, not as good as the one I was taking home. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran. Those are great players. You, can you imagine Casey going with his new wife? To a strip bar? I think me, Casey, and Alex are going after the show today, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch it, Casey. You better watch it. Um, Tracy, I, I want to get your, your, just your thought before, before you get out of here. I want to get your thought on the Reds because on Tuesday, they, had, they were coming off three straight losses when we talked to you. Now they've won two in a row. They split... They went 3-3 three and three against the Braves and the Orioles, two of the better teams in the league. Now you have 10 games left before the All-Star break. You're a half game up, 81 games into the season. They are halfway done with their season. You're, I, it, it is a blank canvas for the next two minutes. What do you think about I, this team? It's the, and I covered this team doing extra innings for WLW for 15 years. I have never been so surprised at how well this ball club has turned it around. I mean, you think of those first, what, 20 or 30 games? I thought the ball club would lose 100 games. And what David Bell and, and, and the whole organization put together a really, really scrappy team. And something that's not talked about much is the stolen bases. They stole five bases last night. I mean, that's a lot of stolen bases. Those guys know they, they're, 
they really, God, this sounds so corny, but they really do have the chemistry working. They probably all like each other. They probably go out when they're on the road together, have dinners. Uh, it's a really close team. They just need to add that pitcher because I don't think you can win with the ERA of five or six for those starters. I mean, sooner or later, another team's going to get hot. But as far as those position ball players, I think they're as talented as any team in the big leagues. I really, really do. And they're getting better. I mean, McLean, De La Cruz, I mean, those guys are solid. Friel or Friedel. But yeah, it's, I, I, but I, I don't know what they're going to do as far as the deadline because there's, it, it's a slippery slope. And I hate to be a flip-flopper, but this is not an easy call for the Reds in the direction they go in. Tracy, enjoy your 4th of July. Enjoy the weekend around here in Cincinnati. I know you said you're going out to California, so you'll probably be gone and miss a lot of it. But enjoy the 4th of July, and uh, we'll have to check back in after because it, it'll be a week and a half now before we talk about the concert and wrap everything up. So enjoy your, uh, yeah, enjoy I your week out there. Yeah, I won't be on Tuesday, but I'll be on uh, at the pool on Thursday in a Speedo. Love it. Yeah, that'll give you guys a good visual. Absolutely. Good Wouldn't want it any other All way. Right, have a good weekend. See ya. Say hi to Swifty for me. You got it. Uh, all right. So a couple of things to clean up here before we uh, before we get out of here. Reed went down the uh, the sports headlines of the day on Google and the top trending topics. Really, just the news in general. Yes. But went down the top trending topics. What What are you? No, I'm just glad it was just a funny morning thing to do. We just oh. went on the top trends on I Twitter. I could not think of a better way to get your news than just asking you guys what the trending Google searches were. So there were there were a couple of bits of news, bits bits of headlines. Casey, do you still have the Leonard Fournette tweet in the in there? If not, it's okay. Yes, I do here. Okay. So this was the first bit of news. Leonard Fournette, scary situation here. Uh he's okay. But escape death from this. Look at this car. That's awful. Mm. I mean, thank God he's okay. Just spontaneously combust. Well, you want to know why that happened is because it was after the the peak of transportation, which of course was in 2010 when Chevy mm. unrolled the Silverado mm. 1500 Z71. Any car after that was after they perfected transportation, so it's a downward slope after that. That looked newer than a 2010 Silverado. Thank God he's all right. Other bit of news, and this is your uh, your little uh, education lesson for the day. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but he plays for Tottenham Hotspur. Sung 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 Hoon Min nailed it. Maybe you nailed it. It's close. You nailed it. I've watched him play enough, but I've just never tried to pronounce his name. Plays for Tottenham Hotspur over there in in, uh, in England. Soccer player, if you if you are completely unfamiliar. The reason we're bringing this up is because he got younger today. There was a law passed in December. He's South Korean, and if you don't know how age works in South Korea, there is a the the traditional Korean age system. This is from an article on ESPN. It dates back centuries and saw the gestation period of all babies included in their age, deeming them to be one year old at birth. Then every person became another year older on January 1st, even those babies born in December. So you could be two years old, but in real world terms, be two weeks old. 
that law was passed. I mean, that, that's been the tradition in South Korea forever, but there was a law passed revising that. Now all of their ages are the same. So there are a lot of uh, South Koreans who got a year or two younger today. Good for them. Good for them. That? Good for them. How about that? Life back on. Baby, yeah. yeah. Huge for the brand. Woo! Imagine you woke up in the morning and, Paul, think you're two years younger now. Boom. Well, think about, Jacob, how old are you? 21. Imagine today they tell you you are now 19. That'd be unfortunate. That would be unfortunate. That'd be in this very, country. very unfortunate. Right. There's some. There's some. Do you get you grandfathered in? Yeah, I think you probably get grandfathered in. I also don't know what those kinds of over 21 laws yeah, are. Yeah, I South would imagine Korea. the drinking laws in South Korea are a little different. Probably. Uh, so. Do we have a cherry on top? Got two. Oh, let's go. Two cherries. Two. That's the, that. This on is top. a off the bench cherry. first. <laughs> what are we doing first, Reed? Go ahead and do the catch. This one? Yeah, so let me lead into this. So before I... This, this kind of wraps a bow around on several things that we were talking about. This was a catch in the, the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League, number two. Oh. Is that Lima? The that, Locos? That is the Lima Locos. And the reason that I say I that brings it up, not only are we in Hamilton, who also has a team in that league, but that is an incredible catch. Elliot told us earlier that he was in the Glee Club. Elliot, did you ever watch the show Glee? I did. Where I did. was? Where did it take place? In Lima, in Lima, Ohio. Darn right it did. So, ties bow around a few things. Lima Locos getting a, getting a top 10 play. I have a, play. I have a quick what take a on match. that. That should be a home run. If you, so, if so you don't people, stay in the field of play, that needs to be a home run. That is a, a thing that people oftentimes get wrong. Like someone leaves the field like Derek Jeter's catch or something like that. They say, you got to bring it back in. I disagree. I'm a player and part of the field. It did not hit ground outside of the field of play. I caught the ball. I don't care if I run 80 feet outside the field of play and catch it if it pops up long enough. Did it he should have, be an out. Did he have both know. feet inbounds? Did he get? Did he drive the toe? No, he didn't drive the no, toe. If, so, if you don't, don't come back down, if you land over the wall, I think it has to be a home run. should be a home run. I disagree. I'll leave it at that. That's fair enough. All right. All right, the other one, the cherry on top, this was sent to me by my friend. This is right around the corner from us, uh, literally – two blocks away from us, a church sign that says, the Reds are in first place. Jesus is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> the world is ending. <laughs> Shout out to the, I don't know what street that's on, but uh, Presbyterian Church here in downtown Hamilton, Ohio. It's awesome. I'm assuming you've already tweeted that out. I have not. Oh, it'll be out there soon, probably. Uh, you going to tweet that? You, I'm assuming you will. No. no. All right. Anybody else? Anything? Any any news, notes, nuggets to I, clean up? I have a question, Paul. Yes, are Casey. We doing, are we doing not too picky or are we just going in the vault? We're just going in the vault. All right. Let's get in there. Let's get in the vault. Let's get inside the vault. Let's go around the room. Elliot, we're going to start with you. <laughs> yeah. Your pick. Uh, my pick, what was my pick, Jacob? I, I gave it to you earlier. Yeah, so we're going to do a first here. We're going to give the Z-Brazilian air on air. On air, if I can find the teams I gave you. <laughs> the, the Rays money line and the Dodgers money line. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So welcome back to the Z-Brazilian airs. Now today, you're going to parlay the Dodgers. Do you have to do the, the voice? 
What? <laughs> do you have to yes. do the voice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah if right. we're going full. You said we're doing full shticks today. Full shtick. The Dodgers. Start over, please. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Zebra Zillionaires. It wasn't a tough one yesterday. We won. How about that? We won. The Rays were down. Yeah, please. Thank you. Thank you. Reed and Casey, they didn't clap. I don't know what Reed's doing in his shoulder right now. Oh, but well, anyway. You don't so, see what I'm doing, do you? Okay. So, no, I don't. Oh, you're zooming in? Oh, yeah. oh I see. What a bad look. All right, so should I? Okay, now I'm, you I, kick it off. I gotta redo it again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Zebra Zillionaires. It wasn't a tough one yesterday. We won. The Rays scored three in the ninth to beat whoever the hell they were playing. Who were they playing? Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. All right, so tonight you're gonna parlay the Dodgers. The Dodgers are taking on the Rockies in Coors Field. I think the Rockies are the worst franchise in the MLB. I think that franchise is terrible. Uh, take the Dodgers money line. You're parlaying that. With the Rays. We're going to ride the Rays train all, all year long from now on. I'm just going to keep buying the Rays. Rays are taking on the uh, Diamondbacks. Rays have uh, a not great pitcher in Chirinos. And he's taking on, I forget who it was, but he's got like a 9 ERA. Rays, Dodgers, Moneyline, Zebra Zillionaires. Jacob. Uh, Red Sox pitcher Brian Bayo over three and a half strikeouts. Not on Betfred yet, but that's the number I'm seeing everywhere else. So just wait, be patient. It'll be up there. Athletics money line over the Yankees. Nothing funnier than they get a perfect game and then win the game. <laughs> and then losing, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Athletics. And they're only plus 155. It's not crazy. Athletics. Good luck. Casey? Yeah, good luck. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with probably another prop tonight. I'm going to go with Spencer Steer and I'm going to do a hit. Just gonna do Spencer Spencer Steer to get a hit tonight. One second, I gotta see what the odds are, and I'll be ready for this. All right. Welcome back to the Mouse Millionaires. <laughs> First off, we're gonna take Taiwan Walker Knight and Kyle Hendricks on the north side of Chicago. Both those pitchers don't give up runs. Those both offenses stink. They stink. always have, and I say that with all due respect. Take the under ten in that game. That is the Cubs versus Phillies under and then you're going to go ahead and parlay that with Max Scherzer on the mound in New York. The Big Apple, Mad Max Scherzer 195 on the money line. Go ahead and take that, parlay that with the under in the Cubs Phillies. That is the Mouse Millionaires plus 177 on the greatest sports book on the planet. That's Betfred. By the way, I'm I just now realized Reds aren't playing tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Do you take think you're funny, Reed? I'm going to take the Blue Jays. Okay. Everyone knows a zillion dollars is more you, than a million Do dollars. you think you're funny? I mean, is that what that was? You think you're just a funny guy now? You got a tuft of hair, and you think you're just a real funny guy. Look, everybody, George Carlin's in the room. Listen, guy, Zebra Zillionaire is honest, and it's hard work. You think it's easy making picks? I haven't won yet. I haven't won a week yet. And you're over here doing the mouse millionaires. Reed. Reed, the king of schnicks over there. Sitting in his iron throne. Boo! Boo you! This has been Off the Bench, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. We will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Hey, Reed, uh, this show, it airs from 10... A! ...to 12... <laughs> a! That's right. And uh, it's every Monday through Friday, and we can't wait to see you. Also, uh, make sure you download this show in podcast form. You can do that. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Uh, it's in podcast form. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere uh, around the world. This has been Off the Bench.
And we're just going to leave you with some, some tunes. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. This song has major Kevin Spacey vibes. <laughs> Reed's guy. Dreamweaver. I believe we can reach the borderline.